Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you out of SideQuest Studios, this is The Simpsons Index, episode 174. Hello out there, I'm your host Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me in the studio today is Jordan Frost. Hi, Elliot. Hello. (laughs) Here as always, except when he's not B.T. Calloway. Ahoy. And joining us all the way from Adelaide in South Australia is Sean Flo. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Nothing much, my dude. Mm, Quite... (laughs) And welcome to The Simpsons Index. This is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there is a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. And yeah, Sean, thank you for joining us on the podcast again. Oh, you are absolutely welcome. I'm ready to go and I'm not as furious this time. Uh, Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah we kind of went a bit hard on you last time was the last time when we did that future jump episode that was just nauseating or oh it was no the first one was good i remember mm. that we were pleasantly surprised ellen and myself by that that first futurama episode and then a uh, futurama episode future episode <laughs> and then the second one was sufficiently shit yeah. <laughs> uh, diminishing returns. It yeah. would be the Simpsons MO. Mm. But no, thanks for taking the time. Like You guys have been so busy over at Baby Beard Media Central Studios lately. So busy and mysterious. But the mystery, like you're finally able to lift the NDA, the, the tantalizing secret campaign for you role to cast is the truth is out there. Yes, the truth is out there. The legality has been solved and we've been able to announce that with Roll to Cast, which is our tabletop role-playing podcast where we tackle a different uh, system every season and we kind of smash cut that uh, between interviews with professionals in the meantime. Season three, we're working again with our Talzorian Games. So just quickly for those who aren't aware, you would have at least heard of Cyberpunk 2077, which is the new game coming out later this year that was inspired by a tabletop game called Cyberpunk 2020, which was made by Artelzorian Game. There, that's all that out of the way. They've got a new tabletop role-playing game called Cyberpunk Red, which we were lucky enough to uh, get given a sneaky sneak preview at the beta rules, which no one else has. And we've Ooh. taken that and raced off into a new season. So that will be season three, which feel free to check out Roll to Cast, R-O-L-E. Oh, that smelt so much of uh, advertisement, <laughs> but you love it. <laughs> now, our next is from Squarespace. Squarespace <laughs> is it? No, sorry. <laughs> the funny thing is that most people just from Osmosis can do a perfect Squarespace. Yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. bad. Or yeah. Skillshare. Or MeUndies. Yeah. Or, or Audible. Yeah. Oh. Harry's, Harry's Razor. Yeah. <laughs> Quip. Quip is the tooth. Ugh. Anyway, sorry. I feel so dirty. <laughs> yeah. Um, we should be getting at least a few cents. Yeah, I don't feel dirty enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel a bit dirtier if there was a bit of money. Yeah. There's still some cleanliness on one of my knees. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that's your podcast, and this is our podcast, The Simpsons Index. So let's hook right into it. Sean, I'm glad this one wasn't as painful, but it was still somewhat painful to watch an episode from the HD era. This was season 27, episode 19, Fland Canyon. <sighs> First released. Nope. <laughs> nope. How nope. droll. <laughs> First released in April of 2016. It was directed by Michael Polcino, written by Jay Stewart Burns. Woo! In this episode, Homer tells Maggie the story of when the Simpsons and the Flanders went to the Grand Canyon about two years ago. What do we think? More like this... Bland Canyon. Oh. <laughs> yes, Sorry. I would have to agree. This episode was so dull, it has taken all my personality. 
Get ready for two hours of this voice. He has defaulted to the number one setting on all the creator character options. Indeed, medium sliders all the way. <laughs> Although, the lack of a personality is sort of a personality these days. Oh, Jordan. White is not a colour. <laughs> what do you reckon, Sean? Oh, look, I came into this episode wanting... Well, see, this is the problem. I came in expecting to hate it because I have hated everything else you've presented to me that hasn't come from the classic era for the most part. It's <laughs> like Fland Canyon. Fuck right off with that. They're getting yeah. worse and worse. And so mm. I was expecting the episode to be worse. I thoroughly enjoyed the first 10 minutes. I still have a fundamental problem with the first 10 minutes, but I thought, oh... This might actually be the exception to the rule. This might be, I may actually give it a, maybe a silver, maybe a bronze. Ooh, and then it promptly no. shat on my face <laughs> after that. Well, not to get into the rankings too quickly. Um, <laughs> first we have a shit on our face rank? <laughs> I mean, that's a new one <laughs> if I've heard of it. You've not been on for a while, yeah. there, Jordan. Yeah, sorry. Mm. <laughs> All right, well, let's hook into the review and really sort out our feelings on this one. BT, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Well, I'm going to elect a moment right at the end of the episode to be my MVP. The best part of this entire episode was when they visited the postcard museum. I got a little chuckle then. <laughs> Postcards. Mm. And also the fact that they don't conclude Bart's B story, and that's just lazy writing. Oh, yeah! <laughs> anyway, I those are my feelings on it, it Elliot. Back to you. Like, because it was a whole thing with Marge and Maud, and there was a problem there. Indeed, and it did not get resolved. Comedy. Interesting. <laughs> That's how engaging it was. I until you just said that with like the margin more thing, I'm like, what was it again? Mm. What was the piece story? I can't even think yeah. of what it could be. Jordan, for better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? You know what? It's where in two separate occasions people just fucking die. Mm. Like it's usually Homer that has the Pratt falls and like and they do have a whole Homer falls down a cliff section in, in this. Ugh. But there's just in the background there's a guy canyoning or bouldering or whatever mm. and he just he falls to his death and then the cliff crumbles on him. And then the guide, the cliffside track crumbles and he just falls presumably to his death again. Mm. And um it wasn't funny. No, and the cliff the guy who was like climbing up the cliff who then yeah had the rocks fall on him, it was also led in with Homer going, don't worry, this place is perfectly safe. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, I'm quite happy that I got to bring in my Futurama segment, uh, which is Death Tally. Yeah. And so I've been able to <laughs> rack up quite a few this episode, which was mortifying. Yeah, it was just, it was unnecessary because obviously they're going to get lost in the Grand Canyon because that's how Homer kind of introduced the story. Mm. But it couldn't it have just been that the trail got blocked off by a landslide or something. Why did the guy have to just fall off the side. I just didn't understand the thought process behind doing it that way. No, it, I think it's exactly that. It's a piss-poor attempt at dark humour. And... Yeah. It also raises the question, why not just go back the way you came? Yeah. Yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. It's a yes. canyon. Go up. The fact that the problem was solved by Homer and Ned bringing back a vast quantity of expensive food, and then the fact that they just made it back to the camp is yep. completely not talked about. It's like, oh, it was like the whole problem was they were starving to death, but no, they would have been there for maybe 12 hours. Yeah, and they skipped right to the bit where there's um, <laughs> rescues and ambulance and whatever at the end, and they're it's fine. It's fucking dumb. Anyway. How about you, Sean? What stands out to you for better or worse? Length. Length, Length is the big one for me because all the jokes <laughs> that one. I particularly enjoyed were immediately undercut by the mm -hmm. joke going for way too long. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like yep. even as far in as the scorpion snake 
battle uh. between Homer and Bart. There was a point where I'm like, oh, this is kind of absurdly funny. They're laughing in, in the face of mortal danger. Yeah. And then it just keeps going and keeps mm. going. And then Homer yeah. makes a comment about it. And I was like, you, you're eroding whatever goodwill you had with me with the first 10 minutes. And it's the same with every time they do the fucking family guy thing of... Uh, what did he say? Was that the cutaway with Millhouse? Yeah, I was thinking about that too. No, no. Well, what does he keep saying to uh, Maggie to try and get her to go to bed? Dawn. Oh, Dawn. That fucking Dawn. thing. Dawn. Yeah. They have about five of those extended jokes. They've got the Dawn extended joke. They've got the scorpion throwing one. The one where Homer pees for like a solid 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, Homer falling down a cliff and Homer and Ned singing on the raft are all jokes that just keep going and yeah. going. And there's probably another one that I've forgotten. Yeah, well, I mean, expressing through those notes, like, yeah, Homer and Ned singing on the raft, is that a joke? No. Especially no. when Homer picks up a fish out of the river and says, oh, trout solo, and it clearly should have been bass solo, a riff on the word bass. Yeah, more like yeah. a C+. Plus. <laughs> Good Animal Crossing humour. It's just altogether very disappointing that that's one of the big takeaways from kind of the family guy era of animation that has stayed yes way beyond its welcome is just the drawn out extended gag that was never funny to begin with yeah well when you mentioned family guy i thought yeah you were talking about the millhouse bit where bart's like yeah other kids see me in their nightmares yeah which originally i liked that joke with millhouse going i'm not your puppet and if they'd cut then yeah. i would have yeah uh, allowed it but then him doing the exorcist head spin just what on mm. earth why would you do it? Yeah. And then the other extended joke of Homer peeing, it's just, especially when they've done like Homer peeing the Flushing Meadows yeah, in New yeah. York and it feels that much worse. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an excuse for Dan to do moaning, like moan into a microphone for like 40 seconds, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now, Dan, this episode is about three minutes short, so pretend to pee for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy yeah. because their couch gag goes for so fucking long. Yeah. Yep. It does. Ah, another extended joke. So this was featuring guest director, animator Eric Goldberg who's been a prominent Disney animator and we're sort of speculating because this would have been either just before or as the Disney deal was starting to be negotiated, maybe? Yeah, we couldn't figure out if it wasn't in the works already, why would they choose to do an extended Disney-style yeah. animation? Clearly just flirting with Disney. Like, yeah. Well, look at what we well, can when do did, together. When did Disney uh, grab Fox? It had been talked through about 2018 and it was sort of on the table and then I think it officially went through in 2019. Yeah, it felt like it was negotiated for a while and it was like, oh, it might not happen. But mm -hmm. I wonder if it was in the background like going on for a lot longer than maybe people know about. Maybe mm -hmm. that's oh, why sure. it was like... Oh, definitely. These things take so long to iron out. And... You know, Simpsons at this time as well weren't... Like, they had so many guest directors, animators coming in to do yeah. their couch gags. Yeah. yeah, so this one basically, yeah, they're doing, like, The Simpsons doing Disney through time. And, yeah, done by Eric Goldberg, who's, yeah, was the animator for uh, Emperor's New Groove, Anastasia, Hercules, Princess and the Frog. Oh, but, yeah, Sean, nice. what, did, what, did, what did you think of this opening bit? I mean, look, visually, I, I love it. I think it's, like, great. Like, look, I've gotten used to the fact that the couch gags are now just a part of what Simpsons believe is, a, is necessary for them to su succeed in the HD mm. era. We'll go bigger, we'll go better, we'll have fun with it. Like, I'm fine with it. I was I was worried because I thought, well, 
is your episode that bare that you needed a, a minute couch game? Like, I'm always mm. very wary when yeah. we have the extended ones because I worry what has now been cut out of the episode or was it so weak to begin with that you needed to pad for time? So it gives me a, a small sense of anxiety about what I'm about to watch. Especially if it's something unrelated to the episode. Like, there are some that are really good. Like, there was that one, was it the Guillermo del Toro one yeah. that he did? Yeah. But it was related because it was a Tree it was a Trials of Horror. Of horror. Yeah. And it was really good. And, like, that makes sense. But this one, it was like, the main problem I had with it as well was that they started out in the kind of the Steamboat Willie style mm. and then kept that style but using different Disney properties like there was a snow white bit i think there was a sleeping yeah, beauty so as it went on it was like yeah it started out with maggie a steamboat yeah. and she'd stay in steamboat as lisa was doing cinderella lisa would stay cinderella as marge was doing snow white yeah. and so on and jungle book and i think the last one was um fantasia yeah and i would have liked it more maybe if they'd done like other disney animated styles because they over through the years they have used yeah. different yeah, types yeah, that's of what cool. I was saying. The backgrounds all looked uh, era-specific, but the character models looked just like the same Out- yeah. and garbage. Outside of Halloween episodes, do the catch gags regularly reflect the episode that's about to happen, or are they pretty no. much random no. in both tone and style? Because that's what I always assumed. No, they're always like their own separate thing, except the one we watched last week where the couch gag was part of the episode, yeah. and the Simpsons were like, where's Lisa? We need to do the couch gag. And oh. it was... Bad, but like, bad, bad. here's my problem with the couch gags and all the guest directors. And I've already sort of posited the theory that this is sort of for YouTube clicks that they can put, you know, the couch gag yeah. separate of the episode onto YouTube and it'll get some views. But I'm also yeah. sort of thinking special guest director couch gag is such a common occurrence these days that it's never special anymore. Yep. And yep. like any time that I can go, oh, that's a cool animation. I'm just like, oh, here we go again. You know, mm-hmm. how much time is this going to eat up? And quite frankly, especially Disney, you can type in the word. Disney princesses as anything you can think of and someone's already done it. Yeah. So the internet loves Disney. Only beaten out by Blank the Hedgehog. Yeah. Have you done that, Sean? (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Type in Sean the Hedgehog into Google and you will find someone has done like a deviant art of Sean the Hedgehog. Oh, verify that made their that own... may also come with an NSFW warning. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Was I right? I am Sean Strike. I am golden blue, and I like video games, basketball, and girls. But I dislike <laughs> obsessive girls. <laughs> oh, God, that's really 2000s era, isn't it? So, oh, we're only up to me now. Uh, so what stands out to me, for better or worse? Look... I'm going to go for my better on this one, and it's just this episode has gorgeous art direction. The skies all have beautiful gradients. The Grand Canyon looks amazing. And I don't know, have any of you been to the Grand Canyon? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, once, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I travelled around America when I was around nine, ten years old. I I celebrated the millennium in uh, Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. Nice. Yes, fuck. That's amazing. That's so cool. I was in Las Vegas for a week and I had the flu and was in hospital for that week. (laughs) That's so cool. That's less amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you've seen the Grand Canyon. It's quite grand. Mm. Yes. It's quite canyon-esque. A grand canyon indeed. No, it's beautiful. Like, And this looked true to form. Like, it Mm. did look very... Like, stunning. You know, let's just add it to the theory that some Simpsons producers just take a vacation under the guise that they're going to write an episode about it. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying they were in the yeah. uh, the media execs like, camp? Oh, yeah, that- we need to um, <laughs> go to uh, the Grand Canyon. Going to be writing an episode. Need to do some research. Honey, get the kids. <laughs> you know, that explains the Nola episode as well. Yeah, yeah. And a bunch yeah. of the others that are garbage. <laughs> 
Well, because, you know, grow up, you see Grand Canyon depicted in media all over the Mm -hmm. place, and, like, until you're there, you don't really get the expansive fucking hugeness of Mm -hmm. it. I think, yeah, with pictures, unless you're in some kind of panoramic IMAX-style environment, like, to get the sense of scale is really hard to imagine from just looking at a picture. So when you're actually there, it's like, wow, this is... Huge, like I kind of understand now. But yeah, you're um, just standing there going, there it is, yeah. the Earth's butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, when they were on that Skywalk thing, did you notice Bart didn't have a butt crack? Yeah, it was mm. weird. I wonder if that's because yes, Am- I was looking. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered if that's because you know, like America's obsession with censoring butt cracks. They were like, well, mm. rather than just having to weirdly censor it, we'll just not draw it we'll and make just one <laughs> large cheek. We'll mm. just say it's distortion from the thick glass that they're walking on, or something like that. Yeah. Like back to my point is that I think this episode did actually a very good job of capturing the scale with like a lot of the parallaxing backgrounds and mm. stuff, and really capturing the movement of the canyon, which I mm. think was really important it didn't feel still yeah which i mean it should but anyway you know what i mean um <laughs> but yeah the, to your point page it felt really touristy as well because they yeah they made a couple of jokes on that skywalk which is yeah mm. one of the big attractions there and yeah play count have you seen this episode before no, no absolutely not no this is only my second time seeing this was this a particularly wacky episode of the simpsons yes it had its whack I, I well mean, yeah yeah i mean besides what jordan already said which is people just dying so cavalierly mm. i mean and, and you know what? The tense of NBC and Netflix and mm-hmm. kind of the how we're portraying the rich. And, and I mean, it's not too far removed from reality, but there is obviously an extent to really go balls to the walls and expressing just how much the rich gorge on everything and, yeah. and make the world generally a shittier place. Mm. I wish they dug into that harder, though, because yeah. there is such yes. a good comment to be made about glamping and fucking yeah. missing the point yeah. of going to a place like this. Well, if the purpose of this episode is to flirt with Disney, they don't want to be like, they want to give like a gentle jab, not like yeah. a serious critique. <laughs> you know, just enough to be flirty. Just show a bit of ankle. You know? Don't I, eat the rich, just give them a little nibble. <laughs> you know. Which I was really excited about as well, because I thought this is the moment that we really want to touch upon now, which is eat the fucking rich you know, maybe <laughs> socialism ain't so bad, people. Hmm. Well, and then they just the kind of is, blurted. Simpsons politics has been sort of like centrist liberal for so long now, though I really, back in 2016, I was not going to expect them to be taking a hardline leftist stance. So I got what I, I kind of expected from them, I suppose. But I really thought that it was going to be the lead-in to a guest star. Yeah, because sure. I thought it was going to be like some... Not like a Zuckerberg or something, but like a, a Tom Cruise type, not like, Tom Cruise. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Michael Eisner. Or not, no, yeah. I mean, obviously not Michael Eisner. If like they're a, trying to flirt with Disney. Well, but, what you know. are you doing in the Grand Canyon, yes. Ted Turner? Something like that, yeah. you know? Well, they had Jeff Bezos on a few seasons ago. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Vince McMahon, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> no chance, is that what you've got? Yeah, and it's a shame because, yeah, I think some of the glamping stuff and the comments that they were making on, yeah, those people, like, especially, like, taking off the little slice of pig and throwing it in the river, I kind of like that joke. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't love it, but it was wacky, the uh, setting up a cell tower to make one call and then burning Mm. it down, you know. Mm. But also the fact that Homer had action figures of his own kids, which said, featured in this episode on the front cover. And I'm like, that seemed to me like a really meta kind of Family Guy style joke as well. How about you, Beach? What have you got for whack? Lenny does heroin. 
uh, the homeless the skid row section. I, yeah, I, I hate I it. I could have. I like the very first nibble where he's sweeping up, doing charity work, gives you a great feeling, and he looks down. He's got the needle. He's like, ah, oh, you know what? I see why they do it. That sucked. Yeah, yeah I. Yes. But I they just went on from there. As soon as Lenny was like, oh, it just makes you feel really good. I'm like, no, 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 please, <laughs> yeah. no. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, <sighs> to move away from that, let's get to a real nitpicky wackiness where Homer's snoring and Ned, Rod and Todd can't sleep, so Ned's like, ah, oh, here, take these, and he hands them the thing, and they both swallow him. It's like, those were earplugs. It was like, you gave them one earplug each? Well, that's what I... Th- <laughs> yeah. As uh, someone who is deaf in one ear, that makes perfect sense what Ned did. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. I've been flailed. <laughs> can, I, can I just go back, though, to the, the homeless section, though? Because there's a bit afterwards where it's in the background, Lenny is injecting more yeah. into his arm. Yeah. I and really I, hated I, that. I just, my fists were clenched with anger, <laughs> with just like, they've just got such a, a strange relationship with like, and it, it seems to extend for several years of making heroin jokes. Yeah. Mm. And I just don't know why. Like, who on the staff is. Well, someone's probably just like, you know what? Weed jokes are just too simple. It's all legal now. We gotta make heroin jokes now. Arr. I don't well, know, they- and I mean, at least with that entire scene, if at the very least, if you're going to do that white saviour bullshit, like, have them fucking patting themselves on the back and being like, a job well done, and in the background you see that they've just done absolutely nothing, and they think yeah. they've done everything. Like, make a comment about it. Well, this, yeah, perfectly segues into the heart of the episode, the emotional core, because during this section, Ned is getting, like, snippy with Homer. Yeah! And- like, this is meant to be why they're not getting along. It's mm. It doesn't fly with me. Yeah, no. for a, a show with a long history of Homer and Ned not getting along, this was the least that I've ever felt. Like, I forgot that was the plot line when they're trying to save their family. It's meant to be, that's meant to be the activity that brings them together is trying to save their families. But it just, I completely forgot that was even the plot because they weren't even together up until that point. Yeah. Look, I know the formula is Ned bites back any irritation he has with Homer. And they're like, maybe we need to do something different. But there was no, I I guess, catalyst for them to have to get along. Mm. It's just like Reverend Lovejoy doesn't want to be there. And was I wrong? Did Helen mimic blowing her brains out? as well that was yes she did well, she absolutely did. i had a problem with that as well because Reverend lovejoy already doesn't like ned you yeah. don't need helen in the background going no don't go on this trip with yeah. him he already doesn't want to do it and it's kind of i have a problem with ned across the board in this episode because i'm really he felt so off model in terms of wasn't there a whole freaking episode designed to the fact where ned literally never gets angry he never shows yeah. any sort of negative emotion yet everything that Homer says that is in some way annoying or problematic, he visibly shows anger or annoyance or frustration. It just felt so weird and out of character for Ned. Absolutely. And to, yeah, all, all your points, like being that there was no catalyst for it and he's just all of a sudden like really snippy at Homer and Reverend Lovejoy's, oh, you got to fix your relationship with each other. It doesn't really make sense because like we never even saw them getting along first and then. So yeah, yeah the emotion of this episode doesn't land and then, BT, to your point, the Barton, mm. Morden, Marge storyline. Yeah, like, where Marge feels like a bad parent because Bart keeps misbehaving in comparison to Rod and Todd. Doesn't finish, doesn't resolve. There's no moment where, you know, Rod and Todd are scared and useless, but Bart knows what to do because he's got a slingshot and he's a bad boy or something like that. Boom, it, easy It would have been something. Oh, yeah. Also, is, was Maud always that fucking judgmental as a person? Jesus Christ, leave Marge I thought alone. that was more a Helen thing, yeah. but I guess yeah. Maud is sort of, but never to that, like, I mean, quietly judgmental. Yeah. yeah. So it's just really disappointing when you've got this story where, yeah, potentially neighbours are fighting and they just didn't have a way to 
have an instigating thing to show that. I was thinking, like, even if you'd prefaced it, like, I don't know, the fence between their houses fell down because that's something that you have to cooperate on as neighbours because you've got to figure out what you're going to pick and you both have to pay half and whatever. Mm. Well, you know, we'll be talking about the heart of the episode, but it seems, yeah, we keep falling back into the integrity. So just to rip this band-aid off, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? I mean, no. the structure's there, but no, the spirit, the spirit is lacking. What did you say, Sean? Uh, well, I said no, but also I was going to follow <laughs> that up with, is that I feel like by this point you need to, like, preface this with, um, does it feel like a HD Simpsons era episode? <laughs> yeah. It really yeah. does. It yeah. feels like what I expect from them. Sometimes, like it feels like that quintessential HD episode that gives you the feeling that it might get better and then it just injects you with heroin and pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, in this episode, it is clear that Homer does love Maggie. He loves his kids mm-hmm. because he does put in a lot of effort to try and get her down for the night Yeah, and I kind sleep. of thought that was sweet. And that was sort of nice, and mm-hmm. that, like, he takes her for a drive. Although, well, Jordan's in a corner. Jordan's in a corner. Baby seat should not be in the front seat. It should be in the back. Anyway, that's fine. Yep, yep. And facing the other way. That's uh, Jordan's baby safety corner. <laughs> so that that was sort of sweet. Like, he still tells the story even when Maggie's asleep, and Lisa just wants to hear it, and he's that was not weird, like, though. piss off, Lisa, go to bed, you know? Did that not weird you out when Lisa's like, I want to hear the end of the story? It's like, you were there yeah. at six. You should have had memories. It was maybe six months ago. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of like that as a framing device. Yeah, you know, it one... switches. Yeah. Yeah. But, look, I mean, as far as the integrity goes, I think this is pretty cut and dry. Yeah, look, I think we all agree Ned is off mm-hmm. in this one. Homer's, like, a little bit snippy at Marge at certain points, but he's... Yeah, it's not I don't know. predominant. I, think, I don't think the characters are really letting it down, but more the story. Can I just say the mm. one thing that is absolutely HD error is... Said it before, I will continue to say it forever, just how uncomfortably silent so many of these scenes are. It's not too bad when we get to the Grand Canyon, although it could be better. But Look, the, the, the start- sound of the Grand Canyon? <laughs> Where the fuck oh. is wind set? Anyway, yeah, sorry, yeah. But mostly, the moment I noticed it is they're meant to be in a city, sweeping up, and it is dead silent. There's no car mm. noise, there's no distant traffic, there's no people, there's like nothing. Like a, a siren passing in the distance, yeah, something, an- you know? Anything that lets you know you're in a major, you know, populated area. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know if... Yeah, you've noticed this, Sean, but yeah, it's the one thing, just the ambient noise isn't there, mm-hmm. and it lacks a soundtrack. Yeah. Well, you blew my mind when you first brought that up, because I realised that's a big part of... When I talk about what is missing from The Simpsons, I say it's the soul, it's the heart of it, and that's mm. so inextricably tied up in the music and the sound effects and just mm. you gotta invoke all the senses, and, and it, it allows an episode to breathe and take its time instead of just feeling like goddamn silence for no reason. Yeah. And we came up with a potential theory as to why they don't do it anymore. Is because they because you don't have transitional music from one scene to the other. If you have strong background sound in one scene and cut to another scene really quickly, it's going to feel incredibly jarring because those sounds won't match up. And if you don't have that transitional music to cover that, it becomes really jarring and really obvious. So to avoid that, they've just had gone with more silence. So everything is silent. The Grand Canyon scenes, apart from like the sound of wind, it missed that kind of, you know, like the dream, like like the Alf Clausen, like Simpsons morning flute music, mm-hmm. something yeah. like that, something majestic to go mm. with the scape that you were <laughs> witnessing. Like they do it a couple of times, like when they're looking out on the vastness and it's like mm. a, like a yeah. big glorious thing, but like not nearly enough. Yeah. No. But yes or no, would you watch this episode again? Never. No. I'd rather not. No? If I was trying to go to sleep like Maggie, then yeah, maybe. <laughs> Jordan, what would you like to change about this episode? I'm just going to rebut yeah. Beads there because you would be slowly drifting to sleep and then Homer would go, Trout! <laughs> <laughs>
and then you would get woken up suddenly. It's true. I yeah. wake up. It should have been bass because yeah. that was again that was so jarring that he just mm. went trout solo, and you're like, why did you scream that? Anyway. And then they just go da 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 for fucking a minute. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, what was the question? Sorry. What would you change? Oh, what we talked about before. There needs to be some reason for the conflict or some reason for them to have to get along at all. Mm-hmm. I think I'd you'd have to get rid of that. Like you'd need to change the politics of the Simpsons writers, I think, and creators <laughs> slightly, <laughs> uh, slightly radically. But that's just my opinion. How about you, Sean? What would you like to change? Yeah, I mean, look, we need to extend the time of the episode, and the way you get around that is by doing mm. two things. Number one is that you just fuck off that couch gag. Mm. Eric Goldberg can get a job somewhere else. Um, and, <laughs> and he yes. actually can. He's worked exactly. so much. And then you can also just tighten up those jokes and just accept the fact that we get the joke. You don't need to labor them. So there, there's an extra five minutes that you can mm-hmm. dedicate to having some sort of... Because in- what we need to do is we need to contextualize where the fuck we are in Homer and Ned's relationship. Have yeah. they literally just moved in together? No, because of the age that Bart and Lisa are. But you need to establish why all of a sudden it's strained, which you've got five minutes to do it. Great. Easy. And then you're right. Like It's interesting because the writer for this episode is Jay Stewart Burns, who I know from a whole plethora of Futurama episodes. And he's, hey. he's touched on political episodes before because he did a head in the polls, which is the Nixon episode. Oh, shit. And he did Roswell that ends well. He's yeah, done yeah. A, a whole shit ton of like good episodes. He's also done some bad ones. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> I mean, unless his politics have vastly changed in 20 years, which they very well may have, he's capable of commenting on the political scene and, and kind of social injustices. So really lean into the idea of we are actually struggling out here and there's these people that can clearly help us out. Well, let's, I don't know, eat them. Like, just say something about it that is a reason besides, oh, ho, ho, we have a Netflix tent. Like, just yeah, mm-hmm. have the balls to say something about the episode. Absolutely. And how about you, BT? What would you like to change? Okay, get rid of that couch gag. Now, what I want to do is, if you want to keep that insane inciting incident, do that, but have the Simpsons and the Flanders actually travel together, and that's where Flanders is getting on Homer's nerves, because it goes from, oh, I don't want to hang out to Flanders, to Flanders not being there for 10 minutes until he's there, and then it's like, oh, I'm so tired of him. It's like, no, no. Show us that thing. Have us go bit by bit as they're traveling together. Because there was no good jokes in the travel section anyway. And honestly, no good jokes in the first parts of being at the Grand Canyon. So combine the actual plot elements to the, you know, story. And then you actually have an episode. And conclude Bart's episode. It's so weird that they set that up and then even had the reminder and then no payoff. There was no conclusion to that. It doesn't have to be much. It can be something as simple as some prank he's pulled actually ends up helping them out. Or maybe, you know... They find this camp of rich dudes, but they can't get them to help them. So Bart sabotages something. So then they call for help. And then while the people are there to help the rich people, they save them as well. Something. There's an idea there. As are all for free that I came up with the last 30 seconds. (laughs) Elliot, back to you. There's an episode... And make it funnier. (laughs) (laughs) There's an episode they did a few seasons ago now uh, where Ned takes Homer to the Holy Land and Ned's trying to get Homer to get into the culture and, Mm -hmm. you know, be humbled by the experience and whatever, but Homer keeps going for the touristy shit. Look, don't get me wrong, that episode fucking sucks and it was a unanimous failure, but there in there was a kernel of a good idea and I think it still exists here. Yeah, that Homer would not take this place seriously because why would he? Yeah. And, like, to be completely overwhelmed by the grandness of this canyon and just how beautiful it looks and then Homer just getting into tacky touristy shit. Mm. Like, I think there's something there. And 
also like to make an enemy out of the hollywood glampers i think is just such a missed opportunity like these guys could have been their antagonists the whole time like ruining their trip yes ruining their tour guide and yeah, yeah they like, could have been the preppies out of like any college movie yeah. exactly and you can still have the thing where the families get lost homer and ned have to forage and oh there's those jerks from earlier let's fucking yeah. get them back and then that would be satisfying you know it'd be a great gag it's just the simpsons and, and the flanders go to get some mules and realize that they've only got the leftover crappy ones left because all the rich people bought up pretty much the entire herd and then when hey. they see them later the rich people are eating them all <laughs> oh, oh god jesus <laughs> yeah just take a slice out of a roast mule and throw it in the river yeah. like the pig <laughs> i can't imagine that's good all right now it's time for our final notes and now it's time and now it's time for our final notes everyone's final notes there we go that's a new theme song everyone <laughs> learned the lyrics okay uh sean do you have some final notes i mean where yeah, was the joy i'm actually i've been quite negative this episode so i just wanted to look at some of the jokes that i actually did like a few verbal exchanges i i actually like homer's retort of suck suck indeed i don't know it <laughs> yeah. just seems pretty on brand yeah. for homer i also love his line when god came for sunday i said nothing but now he's coming for yeah. saturday yeah. Like, oh, they ruined it immediately, I thought, by the uh, what comes afterwards. But when the waitress says, my boy never said thank you, now he's on death row, which <sighs> does not, yeah. like, I don't mind the line because that it's such a ridiculous, like, it's, you know, when yeah. it's like, now listen to what this stranger tells you because they've got something important to say. And they're like, yes, yeah. well, eat your apple and you'll get big and strong like me. It's like yeah. that. But then they immediately yeah. undercut it with the fucking electricity. And then it's like, oh, was on death row. I'm like, well, you ruined mm. it again. Death yeah. tally. Yeah, <laughs> I I do love that parental like cause and effect argument. That some ridiculous correlation between two things, mm-hmm. and you better watch out, otherwise that'll happen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, was that all your notes? Yeah. Look, otherwise I'm just gonna rant about the things like the meta action figures and all that kind of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm done being sad. I want to be happy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, BT, do you have any other notes? Uh, background poster for Batman versus Batwoman. This time it's about custody. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was okay-ish. I did yeah, see that. Uh, I do like Homer has a hidden beer in one of Maggie's dolls and then I hear a hidden beer opener in one of the other ones. Oh, I hated that. It was it okay? <laughs> I, I am looking for whatever I can find. My nuggets of little flecks of gold in this otherwise Look, boring milk he, toast. But if he'd just been talking to Maggie and just opened up the neck of the giraffe and yeah. taking the beer out i would have liked it so much more mm-hmm. yeah same with the cliff falling thing just have faith in the audience to just fucking look at it in the background like the batman versus batwoman thing yeah. i was i saw it yeah it was in several scenes so yeah like okay yes it's there you can see it you're not drawing attention to it great good yeah. job yep i'd like when marge is all well your kids aren't so perfect either and ron todd like yay we can improve <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's yeah. think about it quietly yeah <laughs> i enjoyed that yeah uh, who was hagwar swanson why did i write that down that was on his fake credit v He's a credit oh, card. Fuck. Yeah. Why, why even cut to that? CEO of a large company. That was yeah. so dumb. Why even cut to that and show us it? Was I don't know. It's so they could do a zoom in and not have to animate anything and let Dan Castellano go, I like your country. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. 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 A line I almost like was uh, when Homer's like, ah, oh, there are no bars. Also, there's no cell phone reception. Like, yeah, hey, I didn't yeah. like the execution, but yeah, the decent concept. enough joke. Uh, my last note is just a note about the episode. Fuck, this is tedious. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> Similar to Beach, I bet I'm going to come back to that. Uh, we talked about the lines that Bard is writing where it says, Dad will pay his taxes soon. And we were struggling to figure out why he has to write that as lines. Mm. Like, we rarely mention the couch gags, but we even rarely mention the chalkboard Rarelier. gags. Be- yeah, that's a word. <laughs> but this one stands out because it's like, 
Why is Bart being punished for Homer not paying his taxes? Because Miss Krabappel is an IRS snitch. I She's was... dead at this point. <laughs> and an IRS sw- snitch. I was wondering... An IRS Swiss. <laughs> he's had to do lines for so long that the teachers are struggling to think of things that he is, has to be sorry for. So they've gone to his father and been like, well, he's got many flaws. Let's start with them. Man, if that was the gag that Homer was writing out lines at the IRS, yeah, I'd be fine yeah. with that. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. I, I just want to point out, like, it was 2016, but I feel like even then they should have been starting to die out. But like fat jokes are still staple mm. to the Homer experience. And I just really dislike them. And especially when it's like, make him seem like, oh, you are just the most disgusting big... T- it it and just... They- Angers me so much. And they drag it out with the mule and everything, yeah. and it's just yeah. tedious. Fucking hate yeah, it. Yeah, it's just really boring at this point. We've done it. We've yeah. done it all. And my last note in, in the spirit of Beej's last note was, hey, remember when you used to enjoy watching The Simpsons? Because I'm starting to forget. <laughs> we'll have a reminder later, I'm sure. All right, and for my final notes, who else cringed when Maggie poked you directly in the oh, eye? Oh, God, yep. yes. <laughs> with that wet, squishy sound, oh. yeah. That sound effect's used very correctly. (laughs) Homer bitching, saying, this story comes from before you were born and when my hopes of having a man cave were quickly dashed. And have I done my rant about man caves yet? I mean, you've told me, but I don't know if you've talked on the podcast about how much you love the word man cave or butthole. Fuck anybody (laughs) who is proud of having a man cave. It's dumb, it's sexist, it's stupid, and also man cave sounds like a euphemism for the butt. Just say den, it's a much better term. Again, another joke that I liked in concept, but I didn't like the execution, was Hibbert closing the window on Kurt. But, mm. you know, that's he's from still, our perspective. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's still sitting right in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> But I didn't like any of the dialogue that went along with it. No. I also like the joke of the vultures circling and then the drone circling above that. I, oh, really? yeah. I hated that. Modern times, am I right? They're mm. like, what? Everyone has drones now. Uh-huh. Twitch, what? Late. And my final joke Ooh, is... your age um, there, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, the Simpsons really fucking want Lisa to eat meat and neg on their f- deal with Paul McCartney. Yeah. And Ooh, they do dumb, right? all this roundabout shit like in the episode where she ate insects and now it's like, oh, this is before she became vegetarian. Don't add us, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's time to rank this thing. On the Simpsons Index, we're accusing our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just... You give it a participant, but for the positive rankings, you got OK Bronze, Good Silver, Excellent Gold, but for the best, oh, the very best, the episodes which the Simpsons could not exist without, you give Cubic Zirconia. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. I'm giving it a participant. Like, I really, really want to just acknowledge the beauty of the skies in this episode. <laughs> like, when it was middle of the day, they had this beautiful bright blues going into greens at night it was the lovely purples and navies indigos with the milk milky way mm. and then the sunsets mm. gorgeous purples and oranges but this isn't enough like no. you got to build a fucking good story and this half-baked piss poor idea of a plot is just it was never going to get into failure territory but it's so disappointing because participant really doesn't give them a, enough acknowledgement for how good this episode looked but just yeah. Sound, script, writing, performance, everything else just came up short. Sean, what are you ranking it? First of all, I just want to point out that I do love that every time I've heard you talk about what this segment is, your explanation of uh, if you think it was just, nah, it's gotten less and less and less each time. Yeah. So now it's just... <laughs> I, was, I really liked your meh this time. I, I was really meh. You felt good. it. You felt it. Look, and disappointing is the word, and that's because as this episode progressed, I kept knocking it down. Like I legitimately, in the first five minutes, went, 
Am I going to give this a silver? No, no, I'm not. Am I going to give it a bronze? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> but it's not an outright failure. There's enough in some of the jokes and some of the writing that I actually had some chuckles and, and had some good moments with it. But it just completely gets rid of a lot of that goodwill almost immediately with every joke. Like they have to either spend too much time on it or undercut it or draw attention to it or immediately do something that's out of the the scope of the character itself. And there's just no clarification on relationships and kind of the time of the episode as well. So I think it could have been so much better, which is why it's a participant and why it's disappointing. Absolutely. Jordan, what do you reckon? I'm sure I'm with you. I Like I was with them in the first five, ten minutes, I was like, okay, this this could be okay. There are some little dips of not great humor, but it's got potential. And then it just got really boring. Yeah, it does look really pretty. And it doesn't reach the depths of hell that we're kind of used to in HD Simpsons. Mm. But it, it is just participating. Yeah, it's there are were some moments where I'm like, this could, could reach a bronze if there was some more humor and, and, and more explanation of the plot. But it's just a participant in the end for me. And BT, finished off. When your most exciting part is a visit to the postcard museum, it's a participant. <laughs> hey, for Ned, that's like going to Disney World. <laughs> Yes. This is a guy who's got a lifetime membership to the like the side of factory. Hey, so. itself after its 18th visit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, unanimous participant. And this will be the fourth episode from season 27 to get a unanimous participant. Oh. It'll be joining the girl code when Lisa becomes a yeah, coder yeah. and makes oh. a sentient AI played by Stephen Merchant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Lisa with an S where she becomes a saxophonist touring with Lady Fontaine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, oh. Both of these had interesting ideas and just the worst execution and yeah. also Q detective where homer gets into smoking meat oh fuck off you <laughs> uh, should have been playing pool ah oh, nice and before we move on is that reputation justified is that reputation justified not changing that thing so <laughs> dennis perkins of the av club dennis the wild card perkins he gave this episode a c plus so oh. that's like roughly where we landed yeah, on nice. yeah it's nice to be in line with perkins for a change and he says, the problem with an episode like Fland Canyon is that it's content to pluck parts from older episodes without doing anything new or interesting with them. And yeah, especially the fucking Homer falling down the cliff thing. Yeah. Although I, I didn't mind the line with the scorpions. Stinging, is that all you can do? Ah, oh, they're pinching. Yeah. That was all right. <laughs> anyway, there's a combination of old gags and differently told, new gags told coarsely and or cruelly, and some off-model characterization, especially in regard to Ned, that comes off as deeply yep. disposable Simpsons. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's pretty yeah. savage from Dennis. Why to knock it out of the park, Mr. Perkins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we disagree a lot, but you know. Disposable is a great adjective mm. for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, look, that about does it for the HD era. And now let's move 10 years earlier into the teens era mm. where we're going to watch Millhouse of Sand and Fog. BT, what's this episode? <sighs> Uh, so this is the episode where uh, both Millhouse and Kirk get superpowers. Uh, Kirk has the ability to turn to sand, and Millhouse becomes fog. And you'd think they'd fight crime, but they actually find out that it's way too easy to fall into the realms of supervillainy. So after taking over the city and hanging Mr. Burns, they begin to become this like totalitarian organization where it starts to slowly become this thing where they have the power they wanted, they sought to destroy. And it's really quite deep and interesting. Oh, cool. I thought it was about like a mother fighting to get a house back from an Iranian immigrant. Oh, wait, it's that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and Ben Kingsley guest stars. All right. Well, we're going to watch that and we'll be back.
And we are back. We just watched an episode from the teens era. This was season 17, episode three, Millhouse of Sand and Fog. First released in September of Ought 5. It was directed by Stephen Dean Moore, written by Patrick M. Verone. Woo. <laughs> in this episode, Kirk and Luann get back together, but Millhouse finds that maybe it was better when they were split apart. And so him and Bart set on a harebrained scheme to split them up. But they split up Homer and Marge in the process. Gasp. Guys, what did we think? It was okay. Yeah, this is a very interesting episode, isn't it? Because, mm. I mean, mm. for myself, you've brought me one that I've seen before, which is fantastic. Oh, um, play count. But also, I don't know about all of you, but as a child of divorce, I have some uh, interesting uh, uh, thoughts and feelings about this episode. But yeah, it's also very hard just straight off the bat. Like, I wonder how I would have felt about this episode had I watched it first. Because, mm. you know, mm. we've got the shit that was before yeah. to go against. But yeah, I had fun. It is always hard to tell when you're walking away from something that's, like, bad. Whether or not this is shining better because of it, or maybe even more, more tarnished because of the experience. Yeah, I, I liked it more than the last one, but I, I still have some major problems with this episode. But it's mm-hmm. uh, it is an improvement on the last one, I will say. Overall. Yeah, same. Like the problems we we're talking about, you know, soundtrack and transitional mm-hmm. stuff. Like it is all here in this episode, but I find it's got similar problems with motivation and properly building up things, although. Mm-hmm. It's just more cohesive than the last one, but yeah. let's hook into our thoughts and feelings. BT, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? So a moment that stands out to me is a little little joke bit that I completely forgot was in this episode was Marge's copy of Hip Punishments, mm. which is all like, yeah. yes. you'll do what I say, or you'll, I'll delete all the save games from your place. It's like, how do you know about that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just like that, that entire little circle of logic where there's a magazine that explains to parents, okay, this is how you punish kids in your new age. New age. And yeah, the cover story is about yeah putting the iPod <laughs> in a blender. Yeah. yeah. Also, I loved how 2000 it was, or I'll delete all the custom ringtones from your cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Not Crazy Frog. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, but I paid $2 for that from reading a, a code from the back of a magazine that I bought. Yeah. Uh, innocent times. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good little bubble of logic that makes sense how the, how she knows about that and it's all funny and yeah really good bit i forgot what was from this episode well yeah and it's one of these simpsons jokes that couldn't exist in the 90s but mm. like yeah it's it's weird how not too distant it actually is yeah and i mm. like that it manages to keep up with the times but in a way that's still kind of lame mm. <laughs> as in there has to be a reason marge knows about this and then there's an explanation and that explanation is still funny how about you, Sean? What stands out to you for better or worse? Isn't it kind of interesting? Like, when was the last time we had a television show that was such a big phenomenon? Like, it was massive mm. for its time, and it's just become so forgettable, even just a few years afterwards. I'm talking about the OC here. That <laughs> yeah, California yeah. was just an absolute behemoth in mm. pop culture i remember because i i remember specifically watching i got really into it as a kid around this time 2005 or so so i was like 14 and when, once my mum found out that i was watching it she stopped me watching it she said no <gasps> this is too wow. adult for you. See for you and then i never never saw it again and then within a couple of years it just completely like we all just collectively decided to forget that misha barton and and then seth whatever his name was, no, that was his character's name. Yep. Either way, that it was such a big thing and it just immediately went into obscurity. I just found that very fascinating. I, I think there are a few like shows like that which have you just don't think about anymore. Like I don't know if anyone would think fondly of like Melrose Place anymore. Oh, that's a callback. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sort of seems to be the callbacks to them Like, because you're right. They sort of do lack any sort of preserving impact or whatever and mm. 
Like, you think it's sort of maybe Dawson's Creek is another sort of close one, but even then, that's probably had more of an impact. Were you thinking about that because that's just recently got added to Stan? Oh, really? (laughs) It's had more time to fade as well. Like Beverly Hills 90210, like shows like that. Like, I just can't think of many other shows that have made a lot of callbacks to the OC Mm. in in ways that they would other. Like the more 90s kind of sitcoms and procedurals. I feel like Dawson's Creek and Melrose and even 90210, their stars had more of a career post that uh, that show. Yeah, that's true. Whereas the OC kids, nope. Yeah, (laughs) like I vaguely remember Misha Barton. Like, Sean, do you remember anyone else on that show? Uh, Adam Brody is the name that I'm thinking of. Oh, Adam Brody. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the main character, I forget his name, and I also forgot the show he went on to do, but he played a cop. Oh, oh. is he also in Gotham? I think so. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he yeah. Is. Yeah, Wikipedia lists the top billing stars. Peter Gallagher, Kelly Rowan, Ben McKenzie, Misha Barton, Adam Brody, Chris Carmack, Tate Donovan, Melinda Clark, Rachel Blyson, D- uh, Bilson, Alan oh, Dale, Willa stuff. Holland, and Orton Reza. Yeah. yeah, Rachel Bilson was probably the biggest star to mm. take off, and even now she probably hasn't done a whole bunch in the last 10 years nope. or so. Like, I'm pretty sure Misha Barton went on to do a horror movie where she showed her boobs, because that's what you do. Yeah. I yeah. think the main dude went on to an adaptation of Dalton Tremolo's Johnny Got His Gun, which I only bring up because that is the song that Metallica's One is based off of. Oh, really? Uh, and also know. is a really good, very depressing book, but very good. Yeah. The reason I bring it up is just because, you know, for someone that does a Futurama podcast as well, <laughs> one thing mm-hmm. that we noticed quite early was there was these allusions to, uh, in the first episode, Dick Clark and Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve, which was a, <laughs> uh, mentioned in <laughs> Friends, and then it was mentioned in Futurama, and then after mm-hmm. that, don't age that well. And no one really, especially in Australia, we don't have much of yeah. a, a knowledge of someone like Dick Clark, but it just, yeah. for a reference to be so palpable at the time, and then to very much be of its time. Yeah, and for our listeners true. who may not know, what is the name of that Futurama podcast? Yes, yeah, thank you. So I thought I'd get my second <laughs> podcast in in the second segment. So that is Shut Up and Take My Podcast, where we are on to the tournament phase, where mm-hmm. we have our season-by-season season winners going up against one another. And just as a bit of a, a tie-in to this episode, the writer for our season four winner, which is The Sting, is Patrick Verone, who also wrote this episode of The Simpsons oh. that we're doing now. Oh. And Sean, when I was putting together this playlist, you were asking for some connections. I figured that was it. Yeah, I said I couldn't link up the classic episode, but yeah, the HD and the teens were joined by Futurama writers. Thank you very much, sir. Hey, Sean, you know you're going to have to very quickly in the intervening period come up with a third podcast that you host or are a part of (laughs) for our third segment. You make that joke, sir, but we did have a third (laughs) podcast that was a limited release, so be ready. I'm ready. (laughs) My body is ready. Locked and loaded. (laughs) Yeah, so it does sort of feel weird to hang on this OC bit for so long when, like, within the context of the episode, this was a pretty obvious shameless plug. Yes! (laughs) Well, I mean... You say you don't want to hang on to but they hung on to that yeah. theme song Ooh. for so long. That opening shot of them running slow-mo with Snoopy and Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah. Like, fuck, that went on for so long. I thought there's going to be a joke at the end yeah. of this. And there was at the end of the third part of the really mm. long slow-mo, but God, this took so fucking long and I was bored. Well, because it's paired with a slow song as well, yeah. it does feel like it takes that much longer. Mm-hmm. And also, this song fucking sucks. <laughs> like, I hate the song. <laughs> so whiny California. yeah <laughs> but yeah i do like to sing it as i'm climaxing <laughs> here, here, come. Come. Anyway. <laughs> here we come that's it's... very generous of you elliot and it's very precise <laughs> 
I like to presume. Um, well, I think I think what we're noticing is that after we finish up Simpsons Index and uh, shut up and take my podcast, the four of us can engage in our OC podcast. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Second season of uh, Thrones of Game. Oh, I, we'll watching watch the OC, the CR. <laughs> I think I've uh, my only knowledge of OC is that there's a car crash in the last episode and someone dies. Yep. Sick. Yeah, and then she's he's carrying Misha Burton's body. It's like, who is it going to be her? And it's like, obviously not. Mm. And yeah. it wasn't the last season. It, it was the second to last season. They did it at the end of season three, and then they did season four without her, and it did not oh. go down well. Did wow. you research this, or did you watch it? No, it's time. just useless information okay. that I have. Right, in my right, head. right. Okay, okay. Well, no, well, that's, <laughs> oh, actually, no. You did mention what being not able to watch it. So wait, was it the the, the adult themes that you weren't allowed to? <laughs> yes, it was the, those sexy teens and their leaving bras in other people's beds and having mixed racial flings and ooh, ah, scandalous. That, so adult. That yeah. was such a weird line for them to hang on. But Wasn't it? I think <laughs> at least for a shameless plug, they did an okayish parody of it. The whole song in Knott's Berry Farm was fucking weird. Yeah, but at least it fed into the story in a somewhat okayish way yeah yeah you could imagine that a childlike mind of bart and millhouse going oh they've got the right idea like that was organic at mm. least but uh, it just wasn't fun to watch that's the problem yeah i like the idea of you know kids taking their cues from tv mm. and pop culture and movies because that's a horrible idea <laughs> yeah. but if this oc segment will feed in a lot into what i would change about the episode so i'll get into that mm. later well before that how about you just sh- sh- jordan jordan <laughs> Jordan, 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 what stood out to me? Just use a fucking vaccine is what I would say. Uh, from, uh, <laughs> from my point of view, don't have chickenpox parties anymore. Ugh. Even in today, I know people are still doing them. Don't fucking do it. Just oh. get your child a vaccine. Well, to be fair, the chickenpox vaccine in the US costs sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. that's Am I point. lying? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We've all had chickenpox here, have we? I have not mm. actually. Oh, I've really? Just, I've just had the vaccine. Yeah, I never got it as a kid, mm. and I hope to never get it because my mum told me her horror stories of having shingles. Mm-hmm. Oh, and like all across her tummy and stuff, and I, I that's not something I want in my no. life. So yeah. I'm very pro vaccine. I'm not pro. Oh my god! I was about to say the words "big pharma" and sound a bit conspiracy theory, but yeah, like I, I definitely am, am all for yeah. herd immunity. Big pharma put a chip in my brain, and now I love yeah. big pharma. So <laughs> you know what's wrong? What do with you it? have? What do you have against heavy set farmers? <laughs> uh, the yeah. farmer and the cowman should get along uh, why am i referencing that i fucking hated that yeah <laughs> oh god it just i was like there's going to be a joke at the end of this right yep. no boy was i wrong just on a my little face. bit of oklahoma yeah and what you were saying sean this just felt totally family guy yes yes especially because family guy had a tendency because seth MacFarlane loves his musicals like to just cut away to a musical bit and just do mm-hmm. a song for no reason and that's exactly what this did and it sucked well, this is what we're five years into Family Guy by this point because they, I yeah. think they first came out like 2000 or 2001. Uh, 99 for Family Guy, but there yeah, they would have been well into their second run by this point. Yeah, so there's already the influence there, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. You can smell it all over the teens era. But what stands out to me, look, I like this as a concept where Millhouse's parents are getting back together and like there's a scheme to try and break them up because mm-hmm. there's like a motivation for them yeah. having been apart. And also as a child of divorce, I not that I can see this, but mm. like there are certain things that are different when your parents are split up versus mm. when they're together. Benefits to separation. Exactly. And and I'm also a kid that had their parents, what is it, 
trial unseparation yeah twice now oh and no yeah my parents are fun the trial <laughs> failed i'm guessing <laughs> it failed once it seems to be working out this time okay well, that's mum and dad are yeah doing very well these days perfect oh, shout nice. out to them i totally agree with millhouse though like i mean this whole episode has a very childlike view of divorce mm, um, yes. from the start, but Milhouse saying they would compete for my attention and I would always win is like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. that's exactly what a child, like, obviously, I think for a child, most of them want their parents to get back together mm. for the most part. And this is kind of a different take on that, but it's still like a, yeah. a very immature it's, look at the whole process. What I like about the whole episode, though, is it is entirely through a kid filter, especially taking the plans mm. from television and just thinking about, you know, getting two Christmas that's great and not thinking about the wider implication of other people's yeah, happiness yeah I did love that light of and remember that time you told my dad to go to bed and he did <laughs> yeah that was a great New Year's Eve yeah. it's a good one two punch it's a big positive of this episode that remembering that Bart and Milhouse are 10 years old and Lisa yeah. is 8 they're acting like they're 10 years old the way mm. they take their cues from television the way that Milhouse initially he has his hopes they're skyrocketing because he just wants his parents back together and then realises oh it's not what I want then realising oh it mm. is what I want like kids are fickle like that because they don't think long term <laughs> well, no, that's it. And especially with Bart going, yeah, and I used to get the spillover. Let's, you know, break them up. And when they're carrying out the scheme, it's all fun and last for them. And then they were, oh, mm. there's like serious emotional consequences to this. Yeah. yeah. And that's what really works for me. Yeah. I can't remember. Is this where they did get back together again? Or was that the one in the a bit later on with the island or whatever? Oh, uh, well, th yeah, this starts the proceedings. And mm. then, yeah, little off and Millie is when yeah. they officially get together okay. again. They're a little bit on yeah. off from this sure. point on. All right. Yeah. So, was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? Um, some of it. Yeah. Right yeah. towards the end, where uh, Marge saves everyone by diving towards the waterfall with a rope tied around her legs that she got from somewhere, and they yeah, grab that onto rope her hair, and it's like, ow. There is hurt. absolutely no fucking reason for them to let go of that rock. <laughs> if she can dive and save them, there is... She can no. dive and save them for yeah. rock. Yeah. She yep. can... Yeah, fuck, that really pissed me off. Anyway, it's cartoon. Whatever. I'm just glad that she didn't make a little aside where she's like, I got that rope from Kirk. Mm. Yeah, that was weird to me. And then, yeah, of course they do the thing. Well, they're hanging on by her hair over a waterfall and they're magically on a shore. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. somehow managed up. to climb right. up. She just pulled her legs up with her arms and then pulled her arms up with, <laughs> with her, her face. face. And yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm including Milhouse in my death tally. That kid <laughs> dies at the end. Yeah, by suicide. Mm. Thanks, Simpsons. See, this is what I really hated about this ending is because this was a story about Kirk and Luann that then became about the Simpsons that didn't return to the Van Houtens mm. and then Milhouse fucking commits suicide. Yeah. Basically. I, and it's very explicit. He says, I don't want to live in a world without Bart. Like, yep. wow. Oh, that jumps. kid has serious problems. And yeah, at the best case scenario, that was a suicide attempt. And a very therapist, while admittedly, if she's on her honeymoon, shouldn't have to take his call, but mm. should have given him another number to call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he obviously very, has problems. They have a very weird relationship with therapy in this episode. Like, on the one mm. hand, they've got the clear shitting on Millhouse joke. But and then, then, then on the other hand, Lisa also expresses therapy as a legitimate way that a relationship should be solved. So they, they kind of have their cake and eat it too, but it's just a sour mm. taste. Yeah. I always feel, though, that they always treat Lisa when she has 
thoughts like that or says things like that, they, they kind of treat her like this like kind of soapbox Sadie, like, mm. oh, yes, Lisa, yes. like she's just saying Alter- these things. Alternative because, yeah. Lisa. Yeah, yeah. And when in reality, it's very healthy and very normal to go seek help for either relationship problems or mental health problems. And yeah. it felt like it was a slide dig at it still because mm. it came from Lisa's mouth. Yeah. But it was, I mean, you have to appreciate this is a show that really went from an era where people would be like, oh, I think they're going to therapy. Mm. Yeah. To an era where people are a lot more accepting of it. So it's, it's yeah, an interesting cultural artifact for that. Yeah. Did you have any other wacky notes, Sean? Just God, it's like wacky, <laughs> but also gross. Like just the entire pox party, man. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was not all right. Oh, Maggie in the bath and getting kissed and oh, it just grossing over out. everybody. Yeah, Some, especially in this climate where I'm like, dog, yeah. everyone's everyone in your elbow, in your elbow. <laughs> in that vein, wackiness that made me really uncomfortable was Maggie scratching herself with first a pineapple, mm. then a cheese oh. grater, uh. and then the spike in her teddy for but some reason. But yeah, that made me very uncomfortable because, oh God, a cheese grater? Yuck. No, no, that's not even like wacky funny. Yeah, that's funny. how you get rid of tattoos. It's not how you scratch. Oh. <laughs> Another wackiness was just Homer keeps a suitcase by the fridge in the off chance that he needs to leave. I, I, I loved like, this joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where he just piles the entire fridge in the suitcase and then just cracks pepper on top of it. I hated that. <laughs> you didn't like it, Sean? I was with it until the cracking pepper shit. Just to me, it's just always that little bit over the top into Homer's dumb. So it just, it gives me that little insight into what they're eventually going to do with Homer. Well, if liking cracked pepper makes you dumb, then I don't want to be smart. <laughs> well then good you're an asshole <laughs> well good you've seen but, that chaser sketch right where the guy like yeah. offers cracked pepper and everything yeah that's great he's like yeah. just going to a public pool someone's breathing up from a lap crap pepper yeah. <laughs> you doing someone's here? reading a newspaper and he's like crack pepper with yeah. newspaper <laughs> Oh, God, I miss the chaser. I don't know if this is wacky, but Homer's Mr. Belly thing. Mm. Who is he doing that for? Himself. Himself. Yeah, but why? Self-therapy. Okay. I wasn't sure, like, because he had the door open. It felt like he was performing for someone, but I just couldn't tell who. (laughs) He he had the door closed. Oh, did he? Um, Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. And also, like, and that's a kind of punctuated verbal joke at the end that just works. Uh, Mm. I have to do this for work. Yeah, Mm. I do do like that as an out, and I want to use it for pretty much everything from now on. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it it would definitely be a good out for all that pizza you're shoving into your tummy in your bathroom. (laughs) Look, I've told you to stop watching that, even though I leave the door open. And the, li- the you've had the live stream feeding on your Twitch channel. Yeah, I you know? don't. Do, I, it just it works if I know there's a camera there. I just don't want people to actually watch it. <laughs> but look, there's probably more wackiness to go over in this late teens era episode. But how about the emotional core about an episode about divorce and parents getting back together and splitting up? What do we think? Uh, does it get any more emotional than you know Homer looking at Marge's bra and go, "Wait a second, this is Marge's. I bought it for her boobs." Mm. It doesn't really touch on the kind of the heartbreak and the, the pain of divorce and like it skips right past that and it just goes to you have a fight and then someone leaves the house and then you get divorced i didn't feel that it really touched into any kind of core emotions Mm. and if it did it was for a kind of lame joke Mm. yeah because if you look at that in contrast to the episode where the van houtens originally split up i forget the name of the episode but Um, millhouse divided thank you and that goes into the simpsons almost breaking up as well and you get that kind of dichotomy between the two relationships that packs an emotional wallop and it's definitely something that i related to based on how my parents divorced as well so it and it handled it with like kind of care and respect and while not skimping on the jokes around the episode it all Mm. fed in service of each other and so you could have that emotional weight to it which i think this 
this episode just misses. Yeah, I think because a lot of shows where the divorced couple are getting back together can feel very forced, but I did actually get the sense from this one that these are two people that have seen the world without each other, and now they're just sort of, we just happen to be in the same place, let's have Mm. a drink and chat, and it it did feel pretty organic to me, the way they got back together. Yeah, agreed. I'll also say that I do quite like... You know, Bart eventually comes to Marge and he's like, oh, look, the reason your bra was in Kirk's bed is I put it there and that doesn't fix everything because it wasn't the act itself. It was the lack of trust. And I like that he didn't cause the problem. He just exposed it. Mm. Although, yeah, that felt kind of flimsy to me. Like, oh, he doesn't trust me. But like, I mean, it felt a little overly dramatic. Well, I think doing the whole fucking falling off the cliff ending was just like way too high stakes for this, what Mm. was meant to be a pretty personal story. Yeah, anything involving a cliff is generally pretty wacky, so... Yeah, Mm. and again, feeling like rehash ideas. This is, yeah, Homer throwing his fake corpse off the cliff again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. anyway. Like I was saying before, like when it's played for a joke, I was just thinking about that quote where Kirk is like, unlike the breakup, this is not your fault. And it's like, well, yeah, Mm. it's... Yeah, I mean, look, it was never... Milhouse's fault and Kirk is just a bit well, of a douche. Well, yeah, it's, and it's called like dignity, Luann. <laughs> <laughs> That's a door. Um, <laughs> and it's a shame that you know the Van Houtens got dropped from this story because mm. there is a good point to really dig in on of Milhouse, like, oh, my parents are back together, but now they're both forgetting about me, and. Mm. It's a real shame that they, yeah, didn't dig into that enough. Especially because I guess it felt like to me that Luann was getting drunk mm-hmm. and lonely because she said no one's really been, you know, calling me anymore. Sorry, no, that did feed off a joke I liked, which yep. is, uh, Kirk, have you been working out? Well, dogs have been chasing me. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, well, no one's been chasing me. Yeah. And it felt like Luann was just kind of drunk and desperate. But they kind of play it as like, well, that's what like getting back together and finding connection and what love is. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it was actually like, it was just more desperation and loneliness. Yeah. Oh, okay. And whether desperation it's actually is a, not a connection. Well, yeah, and whether it's a real relationship and whether you're going to work on the things that drove you apart in the first place, it didn't feel like a good relationship to go back to unless both of you have changed for the better. Mm. Which they definitely can spend an extra few minutes focusing on that. It just takes mm. another scene or two to kind of show them you know, reconnecting and help bring in the therapy aspect. It's like, well, yeah, is absolutely. this perfect? No, but is this enough that we want to potentially give this a try? Like yeah. using the word, this is a trial on separation is great, but lean into that then. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Kirk has been a whipping boy for since the show has started, essentially. It'd be a nice change for him to actually have a few positive attributes well, that's kind of what I liked about the scene of them chatting and getting together, because even though, you know, she was a bit tipsy, you know, Luann clearly saw whatever she originally liked in Kirk in that yeah. moment. But ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Were the characters behaving like themselves? Yeah. To yeah, me, for the most part, it felt, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, felt I mean, like the integrity of the characters were kept pretty in check. I mean, Marge and Homer splitting up is like Wednesday for The Simpsons. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And it sort of does play into that sort of Simpsons-esque sort of farce where, yeah, Characters are trying to get certain characters to do something, but it ends up, you know, happening Back to the phone. wrong, yeah, to yeah. the wrong characters. Yeah, that sort of felt in keeping with the show. I just think there was a bit of poor motivation going on, and I'm just really disappointed in the chicken pox storyline. To be quite honest, because yeah. it's another one of these things where the Simpsons writers have like latched onto something that's happening in society, these pox parties, and then just had nothing to actually say about it. Yeah, no. they just had an opening seven minutes of sketches that they wrote about it, which then. Homer did have chickenpox for the rest of the episode, but it did not tie into the story. No. And they set up the stakes. You didn't have chickenpox. You're at a high risk. 
And then, and then he gets it, and he's fine. And, so, and, he's fine. and they talk about they spend thirty seconds talking about sterility, and and mm. nothing's yeah. ever mentioned. Yeah, that was a very weird Chekhov's gun, wasn't it? It's like you yeah. talk about how dangerous it's going to be for him to have it, and then just do fuck all with it. Well, oh, Chekhov's gun was safe the whole time. Yeah, but when <laughs> Chicken's also, gun. In answering your question in a sort of bad way, cool. Can we talk about the start and the kind of subtle racism? Well, not very yes. subtle. Oh. The unsubtle. Just casual racism of the opening segment. And in a time where, you know, a lot of white people who have been doing black voices for years mm-hmm. are stepping down, including Hank Azaria. Yep. Which, yeah. again, is such performative, like, uh, wokeness, I guess, by the Simpsons staff. Like, they'll actually mm-hmm. have, like, no real change, I guess. They may, well, they'll probably just say, well, that character won't be in the show anymore. We just... Yeah, well, I mean, 30 years after the point, yeah. Yeah. Cleveland from Family Guy stepping down kind of feels a bit, oh, now? Yeah. It is interesting with that entire scene in question. I mean, you know, I say this as a, a middle-class, very white, very straight man. I, I looked at that scene and I went... Okay, this ooh, this could be. I think it's fine. I think they're yeah. being okay with it. And then it it fell apart once again. Goodwill all ended with mm. Homer's. I'm healed again. My foot is a sl-. like that punctuating thought went. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, yeah. you are just taking the piss, aren't you? No, it's the same way because yeah, um, it starts with Reverend Lovejoy going. Ah, oh, the Hibberts attend a different church now. And no, it cuts no, 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 a-, a more boisterous, boisterous church. Yeah, yeah. boisterous is not. Yeah, no. yeah. And then, and then but I'm it like, was the quotes he put around yeah, it. I didn't that see I didn't the quotes. Like. I think I was well, making no, a note of he didn't. It was in his ah, vocal right. performance. <laughs> it wasn't. He didn't actually do uh, air quotes. But I was but... like, okay, well, you know what? These places do exist, so that's fine. What are they? And then I'm like, as soon as I started having people yelling out praise and the scabs will heal, you're like, okay, yeah. well now you've ruined it. And also the fact that they had to put every like black character that they have in attendance. And it, it, I just, I didn't like it. It made me very uncomfortable. And the, I think Marge's amen, because she put a little, yeah. like, slang yeah. on it. Mm. I Whereas, the like, whole section. Conversely, if you, um, on the other side of the spectrum, if you look at the Blues Brothers, for example, that's mm-hmm. just an unabashedly joyous experience that opening yep. segment where it's just they yep. everyone's just fucking having fun and it's togetherness and it's the joke isn't the people in the church yeah yeah, yeah. james brown is there it's amazing yeah exactly and yeah and it doesn't feel like a caricature and this is what i hate about this mm. section is and you could see it coming when Le- reverend lovejoy is like the hibbards are going to a more boisterous church mm. and you're like oh no oh no and then they just they fucking do the whole thing and it doesn't feel yeah like you said Jordan, like a a joyous celebration of that sort of style of gospel. It's just... Because at first I thought they were going to be making a... Like, you know, because like when Reverend Lovejoy says that, I can see that being a comment on, oh, I guess this is what white people think about anything that's not white church worship. I'm like, okay, yeah. this could... You could salvage this, but then it just wasn't accounted for. I'm like, oh, okay, this, you just, you're just white people writing about things that you think are funny. Oh, and see, that's a joke I would have liked, you know, having the white church seem so Boring, boring by contrast Be- yeah. go tell them on the mound yeah <laughs> you don't want that you want yeah you want to feel the joy and yeah yeah not that i do anyway unless you do sean Ch- city uh, of churches and all <laughs> here you go i was brought up lutheran and i went to a seventh day adventist primary oh, wow. school oh shit yeah in adelaide church comes to you okay. <laughs> i mean look i'm suitably agnostic now yeah fair um, enough also, uh, how can you call yeah. yourself the city of churches when Hillsong is in New South Wales? Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm also, sorry. I don't think we call ourselves the city of churches anymore. That's been erased yeah. off our, oh, really? uh, our license plates. Yeah, um, okay. 
And I actually, I'm not sure what we are now. It might just be like, SA, heaps good. Uh, <laughs> South Australia, heaps good, eh? Yeah. City of the Adelaide Oval. City of people from Adelaide. Yeah. Home of pods in the Kia Springfield. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and my favourite one of those was briefly in the mid-2000s when Queensland went from their licence plate saying, Queensland, the sunshine state, saying, Queensland, the smart state. <laughs> Did you consult any of the other states before you put this in? <laughs> no? Oh, okay. Well, I have some bad news for you, Queensland. <laughs> oh, you mean the state that up until recently that entire school curriculum is one year behind every other state? Yeah. Yep. Queensland, also, the Pauline Hanson state. I just had to say Adelaide. Like and subscribe. Ad- Adelaide in a pointless feud with Melbourne at the moment. <laughs> Everyone, I feel like Melbourne has a chip on its shoulder with every other state. Yeah, didn't Melbourne's premier start the fight with Adelaide? It was great. He's just like, well, why would why would anyone want to go to Adelaide? And Adelaide's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary burn. Oh, all the gloves are off. <laughs> there were riots in Rundle Mall. Yeah. I bet it was at its peak, though, when they snatched the Formula One from you. I, if I, anyone I doesn't am... remember the Formula One used to be in Adelaide, the street oh. circuit there. Yeah. Well, I live here and yeah. I didn't know that. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. that's what I know. Oops. Adelaide, we have Formula One? Yeah. You can, you can take it from me. What do I care? <laughs> yes or no? Would you watch this episode again? Yeah. Sure. Actually, yeah, I would. Yeah. John? Yeah. Yeah, I might watch it again as well. In episodes we even might want to watch again, we like to think about what playlist we'd put the in. So what are some other Simpsons episodes which pair well uh, with this one? Wacky schemes that involve a cliff. Divorce episodes or separation yeah. episodes. Yeah, I was going to say the, the evolution of the Van Houten household... Yeah. And it's many things. Yeah, All of the ones where she's dating, you know, like the gladiators and the one where they, he goes to New York and stuff. Like, and you can have like their separation and then their togetherness again. Mm. Yeah, you can build a nice arc out of that. That's a cross-series reference to that episode of Futurama with the uh, monkey with the genius hat. And oh, that yeah. saves them from a wall of waterfall. Gunther. Oh, Gunther, yeah. Gunther, thank you very much. I, the hat goes on the head. It's so simple now. <laughs> I just realized people always talk about, oh, you, you know, when you were a kid, you thought quicksand was going to be a big deal. Waterfalls. waterfalls. Yeah. <laughs> you never, waterfalls never mentioned that yeah, same sentence, thing, but that is a big problem. Things I was genuinely concerned about, quicksand, waterfalls, the Bermuda Triangle, and amnesia. Yeah. None of which have happened to me. <laughs> no. Unless amnesia Yet. did, and I forgot. Well, what was the last thing you said? Amnesia. Huh? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you fell for it! You fool! Oh, oh, uh, fool, I've been made. I've come down with a terrible case of amnesia. <laughs> More like hamnesia. Oh. That's, that's for the ham ad. Does anyone here not have amnesia? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> Any other playlist? I was going to say bad spelling. So Bart spells divorce D-A-V-U-R-S <laughs> to go along with I yeah. am so smart, S-M-R-T. Yeah. H-O-M-R. Oh, <laughs> S U C C E. I can't remember. I can't remember. S U C C E E S. That's the way you spell success. 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 BT, what would you like to change about this episode? I hadn't even thought about this too much. Things, I'm sure, but I need to go over the episode again with a fine tooth razor blade to figure that out. All right, Jordan, what would you like to change? I want there to be a reason better than people are are lonely. Look, if you're going to make Luann and Kirk get back together for realsies, Mm -hmm. you need to show. Yeah, have like a, a like... healthy relationship as opposed to just, 
oh, you know, like, we'll just get them back together and that'll be that. Unless, again, afterwards you're going to show that it didn't work because nobody changed, nobody tried mm. to fix themselves. But just lying about, yeah, she's kind of played the field a bit now and kind of wants, is realising he wasn't as bad as she thought yeah, he was, Yeah, but that's maybe. not a good reason either because it's kind of like, oh, I just miss what I had and that's just comfort. And, and she hasn't, I don't think she's tried to really work on herself at all either, mm. at well, least not that I've seen. The land's a terrible person. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did she say she so dated the sea captain? Uh, she was see, about, she was we about to. We didn't get to hear the full story. Kirk didn't let us. Yeah. That's what I changed. I want the full fucking goss on that one. <laughs> yeah. It was a cold sea night. <laughs> the things that he could do with that peg leg. Mm. Mm. Oh, boy. Oh how about boy. you, Sean? What would you like to change? First of all, kind of jumping on with what Jordan was saying, just in terms of how you attack the divorce episode, I, I really want to take the focus off of the symptoms. Symptoms? <laughs> symptoms. The Simpsons. <laughs> and mm-hmm. place it squarely on the Van Houtens. Like, maybe what you're establishing in the first five minutes is that maybe Kirk has become a bit more of an involved father. Like he's he's bettered himself. He's working mm. on himself. Like he's taken this woe is me attitude and really invested it into Millhouse. And maybe that's a way yeah. that like, cause as it stands, you look at that relationship and go, well, you guys aren't going to mm. end up together. You're just not because none of the problems have been fixed. So you need to look at like how these two characters have changed before they get put back into the same room and then try and both rediscover maybe where that spark and that magic is while by the same token still need to acknowledge that there are things to work on what i would also like to address is the oc problem i just want to tweak how it's utilized like first of all cut that whole fucking second half snoopy bullshit just make yeah. it about the bra thing and have bart and millhouse walk in on lisa already watching it yeah rather than have her turn it on watch it for a minute and then turn it off. yeah i want like to they- put on this show with great writers from fox network <laughs> no just have her watching it have them come yeah. in just happen to see this this little scheme in a vacuum and then walk out and that's what they take from it just oh yeah that's awesome let's use that and then you can have it go as planned sort of thing but just just streamline everything once again tighten up the jokes and don't have to linger on a lot and and don't have racist overtones in the beginning, mm. please. Yeah, mm. I really want to expedite the start of the episode because like, yeah. there wasn't enough of the chicken pox material that I think stood up that really justified any of its existence. And especially when you are dealing with this emotional episode and Simpsons have proved they've done the emotions well. And, you know, to your point, Sean, of showing that Kirk is a more involved father, fuck it, just have the kids at a baseball game and Kirk is the coach or the assistant coach now. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Luann's picking Millhouse up and she sees this sort of stuff and parents are having after game drinks and you can still sort of do yep. this tipsy oh this is why i fell for you in the first place and just sort of expedite the start of the story and then again leave room at the end of the episode to tie a bow on the kirk and luann side of things because while they quote fixed the simpsons they had millhouse jump off a cliff it was fucking mm, yeah dark yeah. dumb and unnecessary uh, yeah. bt did you get there oh I was thinking of just fanciful ways to get everything together. <laughs> like, you know, the, Maggie is like the epicenter of a new strand of chicken pox that takes over slowly Ooh. and the craving for blood begins and uh, then they have to seal off Ooh. Springfield and it slowly deteriorates into different factions. Oh, right. You know. <laughs> so, kind of musical moments from this episode. Yeah, we mentioned California by that fucking band that no one remembers anymore. Who cares? Also, BT corrected me. It was not Super Tramp in the beginning. Nope, that's Our House by CSN. I've seen this live. It's good. Really? You saw Cro- CSN live? Yeah, boy. Crosby, yes. Stills, and Nash for uh, the uninitiated to I initialize mean, them. I think people know who CSN is. Phantom, Phantom Planet is the name of the California uh, Phantom band. Phantom Planet. That's the band. Yeah. God. 
I know the song, but I never knew that band mm. was called that, and obviously don't care enough. Mm. BT, do you have any other notes? Indeed, I do. A bit of Ralph here I really don't like because it's too dumb, where he's like, I'm yeah. a chicken. I just laid an egg in my pants. Like, that was fuck. such a long walk to get to that. Real bad. Well. I really yeah. didn't like it. I do like Lisa's line of, but I can read you like a book. And he's like, haha, you read books. Mm, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> and my final note is very simple a hoedown could solve all our problems. And isn't that just the truth? Well, they've already, yeah, they've used that hoedown mm. problem solving <laughs> playlist. <laughs> Sean, what about you? Have you got any final notes? I surely do. I love visual gags that you don't need to draw attention to. So just leave the church sign at the beginning where it says stop stealing our letters. Don't have Nelson come up and yeah. grab some more. Stealing just the leave it. I like just yeah. I like to feel smart and to be like, oh, I, I saw that. No one else did when of course they uh-huh. did. Yeah. I have just a statement, which is, God, it must suck for doctors who have friends that clearly mm. just come to them outside yeah. of doctory hours and yeah. try yeah. Get, to get free advice. That would just suck. But on the flip side of it, I do like to see Dr. Hibbert bitching about the other... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, normally I wouldn't be one to talk about someone's urinary blockage, but... Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, there he is, yeah. I, I, I had a lot of cringe moments, just I visibly yelled and my housemates are probably thinking there's something wrong. Like, for example, Chief Wiggum pointing the gun at himself. Yeah, oh, you, nope. No? Yeah, too stupid. There are too many jokes where Chief Wiggum almost shoots himself right in the fucking face. And oh. then goes on about like, why doesn't Lou like me? And it's like, yeah, okay. It was yeah. a Wiggum Lou corner without Lou. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, yes, you are correct, Millhouse. Private jokes are rude. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't have little fucking in-jokes if there's three of you and two of you have it. No, don't be rude. Be nice. Be inclusive. Thank you yeah. very much. And As so the and- penguin says, that's not a salad fork. <laughs> <laughs> As Michael Scott said, I love inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of them one day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, finally, I have a note that I'm wondering if anyone can explain to me. I've just sure. written, Homer drinking milk. Oh, uh, so that's a bit where it's like, but how did Homer get the chicken pox? He stayed away from Maggie and he just starts drinking her milk out of the bottle. Yeah, that's a stupid, lazy way of yeah, explaining really how we got it. Yeah. This is another part of the chicken pox story that I hated because they set up that Homer's susceptible and so he can't be near Maggie. Mm-hmm. Then in the next scene, he's like got her in a box and he's dragging her around the thing, albeit he's wearing the radioactive suit. But I think it would have been a much more interesting storyline to have Homer excluded from this party because mm. yeah. he's too high risk. But it wasn't. Jordan, do you have any other notes? Yes. I like Ned's line of, did you get her, have a chug-a-log of a spunky Snapple? <laughs> because remember Snapple, guys? <laughs> I remember <laughs> it from Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, and they had the little facts under the cat. Anyway, his line at the end, which was like, oh, how did a woman as great as you want to be with a guy like me? And I'm like, yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Why? Why is that the case? Simpsons, and explain. And again, if the episode was playing on that insecurity and that's where the lack of trust came yeah. from. That could have been a thing, but it, it wasn't. could have been a thing. Yeah. Again, Homer is a god, so mm. uh, that's probably yeah. why. Again, he gets chicken pox, which should be dangerous to him, and they just aren't. And then he's cured by the end. Yeah. I have a question about the mailbox. Does it always have the Simpsons written on it in that blue? That was my question. In that exact font yeah. as well? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they replaced it after the bear attacked it mm. when they um, were briefly the Imson family. Oh, right. Uh, okay, fair enough. Um, and my, my last one was about... Um, it just kind of shows the proper like childlike nature of Bart when he's like imitating and then, oh, Mr. Van Houten, mm. kiss me like we're in a fancy hotel. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, like a child thinks that like adults call each other by what they <laughs> call the adults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Oh, and Kirk and Luann were doing that in the Simpson Marge and Homer's On bedroom. The coats. I know. On the coat oh. room. That's not fair to everyone else. 
Lack of decor, right? Yeah, come on. Decorum. Uh, I love Marge swearing. Ah, sugar booger. Yeah, very cute. <laughs> yep. Which is weird, because isn't booger sugar a code word for cocaine? Oh my god, it is too. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I'm Actually, sorry, what? <laughs> Homer in the oatmeal bath. That's the third can you've eaten. Yeah. And then he's reading the one ads and then, ooh, a truck driver in Iraq. Fuck that joke. Trucks yep. are just big cars. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's so Why? unnecessarily extended. And my final note is, where are you staying? And he goes, you know the Four Seasons? Well, I'm staying in the park, so I'm experiencing them all at once. Yeah. I like that joke. I did too. It's time to rank this thing. Jordan, your turn to go first. Fuck me. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> hey, you don't even... You, you thought we had a connection. As well, <laughs> um, as well as quipped as Sean is, it will not reach that far. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Hey. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm switching between... No, actually, no, I'm still going to give it a bronze because there were a couple of moments that I still very much didn't like and I, I didn't think the the plot was well written, but there are enough mm. moments that made me go, yeah, I'd probably watch this again that pushes it up into bronze for me. Mm-hmm. BT? I'm also going to go a bronze. It's not a great episode, but I'll watch it again and probably not going to pull anything else from it, but it's a good enough time. Yeah, look, I'm going participant on this one, yeah. and, and I fair. was honestly, like, I couldn't be more on the border of the two, and mm-hmm. I understand the voting either way, do not understand it outside of those two fields, but just the story stuff really bugs me, and yeah. there mm. weren't enough good jokes for me to push it up. Sean, finish it off. Yeah, I think it's okay. Like, I'm going to give it that bronze, because as a through line, I, I like them exploring divorce, I like them giving more time to the Van Houtens, and, and always any time mm-hmm. that you're exploring Millhouse in a way that's not just shitting on him in a cameo. Like, they do that in the end anyway, but, you know, they lose a lot of goodwill, which is why it's not any better. But I thought there was enough jokes there. Marge is particularly charming this entire episode. I think as far as her character, the integrity is really solid for Marge and for Bart. So that is enough that I think, as a character study for those two, I enjoyed enough to give it a bronze. All right. Well, that'll be a dull bronze by averaging out... (laughs) And it'll be only yes, the second Elliot. episode from season 17 <laughs> to be called a dull bronze. It'll be joining Treehouse of Horror 16, uh, which had like uh, them doing E.T. but with Bart and Kang, and I'm failing to remember anything else. Oh, yeah, we watched that one. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> all right, guys, you have earned it. It's time for a classic episode. And we're going all the way to season three where we're going to watch Homer Defined. BT, what is this episode? It's where we find out what Homer's name is. It's been such a secret up until this point. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to go watch that. We'll be back. And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode for the evening. This was Season 3, Episode 5. Don't listen to what Disney Plus says. It's definitely Episode (laughs) 5. Anyway, Homer Defined. First released in October of 1991. It was directed by Mark Kirkland, written by Howard Goetz. In this episode, this is the one where Homer avoids critical core meltdown at the nuclear power plant by playing Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo. And in the B story, Luann Van Houten said Milhouse can't be friends with Bart anymore. Hey guys, what do we think? Fantastic. I love classic Simpsons. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. No, sorry, I, the reason I'm pausing is I'm thinking about, I'm wondering whether I consider Bart's storyline more of the A storyline. Like I know Homer's is given kind of a bit more attention, but happens a bit more first and, and it's got more love to it, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, 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 sorry. Well, I was going to say, and this is my uh, big note for better or worse, is that I think the Bart storyline was actually not, as good as I remembered and sort of a bit surface level for my 
taste, to be quite honest. Which is interesting because through a lot of critics looking at it, they tend to say that the Bart Milhouse storyline is superior to the A-plot. Yeah, I was wondering, when did you become a blasphemer, Elliot? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It sort of feels like it's conveniently way too easily solved. and Yeah, as are most problems in life. I don't know. But (laughs) I feel like it shows a fairly standard and serious solution to the problem, which is the parents sitting down and just, like, talking about it. And Millhouse just alone on that seesaw. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, the picture of loneliness. It's that, yeah, yeah, it's not wacky or funny in that regard, really. I mean, there is some humour in it, but it is more just about, like, kind of adults kind of sorting out their problems, sort of. Yeah, but also, like, Bart has done nothing to prove he is otherwise redeemable, constantly putting his baby sister in danger. Yeah, and the very uh, final note on that is him getting out the BB gun and, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoy that, though. I I like the fact that they're not making excuses for Bart and they're not Mm, saying that the relationship is a super like healthy one or that he is a good influence because he's not. But yeah. as Marge so rightly points out, is that, you know, this is a time in their lives where they all they have is each other. So mm. for better or for worse, we should give them the opportunity to, you know, get better later, so to speak. But for now, they do lean on each other and they need that. Yeah, and I will say that whole chat with Marge and Luann is quite touching. And mm. uh, just for the record, this is actually the first appearance of Luann Van Houten in oh, was it? the that. series of The Simpsons and the first time that the Van Houtens got their last name. Oh, oh right. Okay, cool. Writer Howard Gowitz apparently got it from a friend of his wife's. Yeah, Van Houten. <laughs> I was about to say, did he really dislike this person or something? Because Luann isn't instantly likable at all. Yeah, sitting in this writer's room, like, guys, in uh, about 15 years, can you make this character just the worst? Yeah. (laughs) And does anyone know where they get Milhouse's first name from? Uh, Nixon? Yeah, it's Nixon's middle name. Oh, is it? Oh, Richard Milhouse Nixon. I thought you'd know that out of all people, Sean. You're a big Nixon fan, right? I don't think they use the word Milhouse in Futurama, believe it or not. No, that's true. And even one time when he's signing a document, he goes, I'll just put the old John Q. Nixon on it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sean? What about this episode stands out to you for better or worse? It's streamlined. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every No, you know what? Actually, I'm going to draw attention to the cinematography, man. Just mm. the use of shots to establish a yeah. scene. How ones that stand out to me in particular is when Homer is uh, going through the initial meltdown and they keep the focus on his character, which is static, and the background is sweeping behind him. The use of um, an overhead shot to denote Smithers when he's just come in from the parking lot. And then also just little simple uses and tricks, such as just a low-angle shot to show both Mr. Burns and the Shelbyville power plant owner to denote their status. Like, just Mm -hmm. simple things that are being taken into consideration because they don't need to worry about the plot or the writing or the jokes or the hearts. They can really craft a visually Mm. pleasing storyline and episode that actually helps, not hinders. Yeah, and... I really appreciate the cinematography and the meltdown moments, how nothing's ever at the same angle. It's yeah. constantly changing, driving yeah. this tension. Mm-hmm. So it's always more chaotic. Yeah. yeah. And the, uh, co- the colour palette is, mm. is like suddenly very red. Everything screams like panic to you mm-hmm. kind of thing because it is like flicking between things. And yeah, that music, really especially when he's doing the eeny, meeny, miny, moe. And look at how many cutaways are being used that just don't 
don't feel Family Guy-esque. They're all in yeah. service of a narrative and aren't just random for the sake of random. Absolutely. And and as well, you mentioned at the Shelbyville Power Plant, his name was Aristotle Amadopoulos, sure. who <laughs> character model was based off Aristotle Onassis. Oh, oh right. Oh, and played by uh, John Lovitz. Yeah. I was about to say, yes. it sounded like his other character. Very Lovitzian. What's his other character name? Fucking it doesn't which one? <laughs> you got the um, art teacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. That's it. the one. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. Artie Sorry. Ziff. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, he does have one voice, doesn't he? Acting voice. Acting talent. How about you, Jordan? What stands out to you for better or worse? Oh, it's a tough one. Okay. Um, I just had a radish burp. <laughs> it was sort of rad. <laughs> Radish. <laughs> yeah. Have we still got you, John? You were uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I keep going to call you John and you Shorten. I'm I'm just being uh, polite and quiet while Jordan comes yeah. um, <laughs> his way to something good about this episode because it was yeah. otherwise awful. Combine the two and call him Gene. Jean. <laughs> you know, Jean. Jean. But none of us have an Ian in our name. Yeah, but the E A M with a J. At the yeah, be Jean. I mean, maybe like Jean Reno. schools. <laughs> Jean. You know what? I've I've already kind of talked about it, but I really like Marge and Bart's relationship in this. Mm. She knows that he is a problem child, and she kind of tries to do her best. And she's not perfect, obviously, mm. and she can't like fix every one of his problems. But she, as Bart puts it, you know, thank you for sticking up for me because mm. you know who else would? Yeah, um, that line delivery of who else would is just oh yeah yeah, that's, and it's so lovely because it feels genuine here, and I I got tugs at my heartstrings. Yeah. So I think the way they've denoted that relationship through this episode really made me feel good. Yeah, and I like how she defends him by saying, oh, you know, he's, he's, you got to get to know Buck. He's got this spark. It's not a bad thing. It makes him do bad yeah. things. But, you know, hmm. he's, I like that angle. Of she, she's obviously come to terms with it, understands this as a mother. But, you know, this is just difficult to explain to other people. But he's not a bad kid. He just does bad things. Yeah. But, yeah, just again to my point, Bart is doing nothing to redeem himself in this episode, even when, like, him and Milhouse are fighting at lunchtime. It's like, that woman... How many times have I told you not to listen to your mother? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that's the thing. I I think... And Marge says this too. Like, she's not trying to make excuses and say, like, he'll be better, I promise. Mm. I'll tell him he's got to be nicer or anything. It's just that he has his faults, but hopefully you can see the good kid underneath it all. We met in the emergency room when the boys drank paint. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, BT? What stands out for better or worse? I really love how many subtle little statements and critiques, especially of media in this. You got, at the very beginning, it's about where Homer's reading the newspaper. He goes, hey, it's the only newspaper that tells it like it is, that everything is just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then later on when Brockman's, you know, questioning Mr. Burns, and he's like, oh, well, you've certainly convinced me to be more trusting and less vigilant in the future. Oh, especially yeah, with all of uh, Mr. Burns downplaying them about that. Oh, it's just a surplus <laughs> of <laughs> nuclear fission. Unrequested fission surplus. Yeah. What was it? A raven flew into our warning yeah. controls or something yeah. like that? A rogue crow. A rogue crow. <laughs> That's right. Rogue crow. That's a good little uh, warm-up warm device. Danny's character, essentially? Should be. He's a, he's a <laughs> kenku, but uh, yeah. Yeah. fair yeah. close enough. But also little things like when Smithers has to park miles away and walks in his, oh, the parking here is terrible and they're like this man has no love for his planet <laughs> yeah. how dare you suggest that anything is wrong yeah. and you know that kind of thing and my final one is going to be um well you know the other night milhouse told me my li- meatloaf sucks and they certainly don't say that word on tv <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> <laughs> just little clever little jabs at things i really like no absolutely and, and i think it's like amazing the way this episode sort of does take its time to sort of tell those jokes and you know, not explicitly state them either. And mm. I think there is like a lot of media panic and whatever commentary that they're making in the meltdown section mm. that's, yeah, amazingly well handled. Yeah, but mm. that is also accurate. Yeah. But then 
led to believe that it's inaccurate because it's complicated, and I like that. Play count. Have you ever seen this episode before? No. no. You yes, haven't? Have. No, plenty of times. I, yeah. I, I'm <laughs> using that subtle Adelaide sarcasm you're not familiar with. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, it just goes over our dumb New South Wales heads. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this is actually one of those ones where I had taped it off TV and like I'd missed parts when I was cutting out the ad breaks. Mm-hmm. So there's certain parts of this episode that still feel new to me. Like, oh, okay. I cut them off on the ad break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? You know, not really. No. It's very grounded. It's super restrained and grounded and just honestly a character study. Like I what I like in looking at these three episodes together is that one was about the relationship between neighbors, one's about the relationships between lovers, and this one's about the relationship between friends. Hey, um, there was a connection, John. There you go. <laughs> I, I totally intended. Hard. And it it's just look how effective it can be if you just you don't worry about being zany or wacky. Just stay mm. true to the characters and and pick your moments. No, absolutely. And where you'd normally say it was like the cartoon wackiness is like, I don't know, the meltdown section even then, mm. but the wackiest thing that happens, and this is my Jordan's anal corner. Mm-hmm. Just Jordan's because anal corner. <laughs> just because the core temperature is rising, does that mean the dial is also I hot? Mean, it may be linked in some way, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> I would no. argue it shouldn't. You know what? In terms of a power plant, like, motherfucker, have you designed your power plant that... A core meltdown just needs one button to be pushed and everything's fine. <laughs> and you set that to manual? Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it's not automated is very worrying. But then again, it sounds like it was built in 1952. Yeah. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Like, you yeah, need to update your plant, son. Yeah. T- Fuses have been around for a long time. So, mm. you'd think that you'd employ that technology, but. Eh. Well, no, they employed Homer under the bootstrap project. <laughs> yeah. Project yeah. bootstrap. You yeah. know, I was talking about with my friend the other day. The term to pull yourself up by your bootstraps has been co-opted yeah. by, like, you know, the right wing to be like, oh, pull. But it was originally conceived as, like, you know, a, as, as a like kind a of a parody. Statement. Yeah, because you can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Oh, you know, right. that's, that doesn't make any sense. It's an impossible uh, task. Yeah. I said stand down. Uh, uh, <laughs> the the um, only other zany thing from this episode that I can think of off the top of my head is the rats deciding to come back to the power yeah, now that everything's yeah, safe. That's pretty good. I mean, oh, a lot of surplus donuts there. I, the wacky bit I liked is uh, Magic Johnson on the fast break slipping on the puddle of sweat <laughs> and then sliding into the Lakers girls cheerleaders <laughs> and like winning the game with yep. a three from that. He yep. pulled a homer all right. Yeah. Another guest star for this episode, Irvin Magic Johnson was yeah. playing himself. And this was the first time that The Simpsons had a pro athlete on the show. Oh, really? Really? I thought he did very well, by the way. He didn't do too bad, especially with his delirium. Don't worry, Homer, those people have found out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exposed for the frauds that (laughs) they are. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Magic. And I just want to quickly interject that I'm pretty sure my uh, degree from watching Chernobyl is valid here. And there is actually a button that helps uh, regulate core temperature in emergencies, and it is one button. Huh. Wow. And that's what went wrong at Chernobyl because it was Teflon tipped and they shouldn't have had them. <laughs> he pressed meanie. <laughs> yep. But, uh, they pressed the right button, but it was yeah, the whole thing. Chernobyl, really good series. Check it out. Okay. All right. But how about the emotional core of this episode? What do we think of the heart, the bumps of it all? Yeah, that's definitely, I think this is where the episode works best. I mean, I don't know if it reaches the heights of like the best heart filled emotional Simpsons episodes out there, but it definitely, it, it is a good example of what to do Mm. when you're trying to evoke emotion i think in because it is it's not trying to play it as silly it is trying to actually appeal to the human side of Mm. all of us in in terms of not necessarily unwanted but left out 
and and mm-hmm. how that can make you feel. Yeah, I, yeah. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Yeah, and I really enjoy Homer's journey, which is really well illustrated via the various uh, dictionary entries. He yeah. imagines himself being in first stupid, and then unlucky, and then fraud, and finally pulled a Homer. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's American very, bonehead. It is yeah. interesting that I've noticed through doing a few trauma podcasts and, and other podcasts that will be doing a retrospective is we tend to fall into this trap of saying, well, you know, it's not the greatest episode of blah, blah, blah. Like mm. having to contextualize every episode as whether it was a perfect episode or not. Whereas like mm. this is serviceable in, in, in what it does in terms of the emotional spectrum. Like it doesn't have to be the most heartbreaking, heart-wrenching, excruciating episode in terms of pulling your mm. tears out your eyes. But it, it really is a good kind of study on, on friendships, especially at that age. Like yeah. I, I was a problematic kid. I'll tell you what, I was Ooh. filled with anger and rage and I had, I remember there there was actually, holy shit, this is the memory I'm bringing up from the past. <laughs> I was not allowed to play with a friend in primary school. I was banned from playing with a friend because- By their mother or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. By wow. Their, because, and there's a lot of context behind this, I kicked <laughs> him in the face. <laughs> okay. I mean- and, I want to hear the story, but right off the bat, I'm like, that eh, seems like a good decision oh, yeah. initially. He, he probably yeah. had it coming. I will say, I didn't mean to kick him in the face. Okay, all right. But there's a lot of context behind that too. But okay. I totally get it. And it was just, wow, man, that's bringing up, I need to go to therapy. Um, <laughs> but how does yeah. it make you feel? Just want to yeah. have a bit of a break, maybe make a cup of tea. And then, just... no, you know what? It's modern era. Podcasts are therapy. They, oh, dude, I've been yeah. doing it for three and a half years. My whole life is in those three years of recording. Um, oh, yeah. But it's just a really nice episode that touches upon mm. some of these big ideas without having to... It doesn't outstay its welcome and it doesn't feel the need to be too forced. It feels very organic. And I mm. also, I like the fact that the B story, the Barton Milhouse story it ends before the climax. Like they take mm-hmm. the time to resolve them individually when it's time for them to be resolved. They don't try and force them together and make them into this yeah. double emotional whammy. It's They're both yeah. given their time. No, absolutely. That, it is an example of two stories that are totally separate from each other, but, you know, intersect at the right moments mm. of, you know, they're yeah. having, well, what's your problem, you know? That little four-eyed <laughs> wiener, you're better off without him. How zen. I also just liked the scene of the appeals to Bart through the walkie-talkie and the first mm-hmm. time when he yeah. kind of throws it in the in the bin. And you yeah. really feel for him because he's like, he obviously doesn't want and he desperately wants to talk to Milhouse, but mm. he's just really hurt. And he, yeah, there's he, pain. He, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's one of the worst things that a kid, you know, finding out that you were the only one not invited to the oh. party. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's devastating. And yeah. I think that's what this episode does well is... And in the early days of The Simpsons, sort of giving something for the adults and something for the kids. Here's a kid's story for them to relate to. And then also here's a more complex story about feeling like a fraud, even Mm. though... Yeah, and there's a good little moment of when Bart finds out, he just sits on the bus. Yeah. And that's really a good representation of how he's feeling. He's just Mm. so kind of shocked and devastated, he just doesn't even get up. Oh, and also, I love seeing all the friendships outside of The Simpsons family, you know? I like seeing Otto and Apu hang out. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Getting himself a heat lamp dog. Yeah. They should, like, join a bowling club team or something. <laughs> <sighs> Holy shit, that makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anti-Heart, which was the TV, the movie or whatever that um, oh, Marge yeah. is watching Search for the Sun, I think mm-hmm. it was called, with the very uncomfortable 
sexual predation. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like it, but again, I think it was of the time of, and very uh, it, sleazy. It's deliberately soap opera sleazy. Fodder. And, and yeah. I think it, it's also a, a, that that is how you use the TV. Because all mm. we're establishing there is that Marge is at home doing home things, watching mm. trash TV, and that's how she gets to find out about yeah. Homer yeah. at the plant. Like it has yeah, it serves a narrative purpose. So I do quickly like these little glimpses you get of Marge's TV watching habits, like what the one where Lisa has the mumps and uh, she's watching TV with Marge and it's like this got this really racy scene and this is like Wow, I didn't know it was always this steam. He's like, I was like, oh, I don't watch this all the time. It's just Dakota's waking up, then she happens to know who killed Robert Johnson's baby. <laughs> or something like that. It's like, you know, she's clearly been following the entire thing. He's like, oh, I don't I don't watch this all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Lisa, though, I like with the heart of this episode where, you know, I was like, quit it. I get enough admiration for my work. I yeah. don't need it at home. And Lisa, like, throughout the episode is just like... Um, quiet or... Yeah, yeah. Quiet, as long as it's quiet. But even then, you'd think, yeah, once Homer was exposed to the fraud, that might be the moment where she'd be, oh, dad, you know. But she's like, dad, he's in the dictionary. Yeah. Fuck yeah. He's hmm. preserved in he's history. Still yeah. did the thing, even though he didn't know what he was doing. Also, I like that the definition of what, like, the final one is one, American bonehead, but two is to pull Homer. But they don't mention the great Greek author Homer. I would have thought that would have been the first entry, but hey. That's... Truly, with this new novel, he has pulled a Homer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, the guy that wrote that odd essay? Yeah, that's the one. Sean, you've gone quiet again. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm listening, sir. I, I feel like, have I cultivated this really, like, asshole personality brash, where I'm yep. constantly talking no, over people? I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these guys waiting for a response for my jokes, and I'm like, yeah. how about you? Did you find me funny? <laughs> wait, Please wait, laugh. Wait, wait. <laughs> Oh, his fake laughter cuts like a knife. <laughs> like a fake Ooh. plastic knife. I almost passed out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are these the characters we all know and love? Certainly. Yes. Yes. yes I would say yes. It's Some of them are still prototype, obviously. Mm. Like, They're I mean, we said, you said this is the first time we meet Luann, and she's got the basic elements of her character to come, but mm-hmm. I feel like she's a bit more sympathetic in this one than she gets in later. Mm. later later seasons but yeah yeah i really like homer in this one i think him Mm. being aware of his like imposter syndrome is really touching and especially because he's admitting he's dumb like yeah and very against what i feel like we would get now is it he probably lean into the whole hero aspect whereas then he's like ah i didn't want all this praise i just liked like when the guys in the cafeteria are praising him he's like ah you know a nuclear act is a lot like a woman you just read the manual and push (laughs) the right button uh that's fine but when as soon as it gets bit in over his head he's like i'm a fraud (laughs) this is also a very good example of how the pairings of Marge and Bart and Homer and Lisa work really well together. They they're playing to their strengths in those relationships. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all the family are each got a little thing to do in this episode, and yeah. it's quite lovely. It's very good to see their different parenting styles. Uh, Homer finds out Bart and Millhouse aren't friends, and like that little doofus with the four eyes, you don't need him. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Marge actually does something about it. So yeah. yeah. Even yeah. even Maggie is. I mean, there's one moment that which is so adorable, mm. which is when Marge is praying and just yeah. just in the corner. You, there's yeah. not even a light shown on it, but it's just Maggie trying to play as well, and just falls over. And there's a, <laughs> a cute little sound effect to go with it. It's like that's all you need. It's all yep. it, it's classic Mag. Well, when they're watching TV as well and Marge is doing the knitting, Maggie's, like, holding up the yarn yeah. for her and doing, like, Aww. that spacing it out thing. Yeah, yeah. 
and um, she's eating hotels and <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and sucking on the queen. Oh, that's the other thing I was going to say about the characters as well. It always surprises me in this episode that it takes so long to sort of have Smithers and Burns having a familial conversation and talking about what they did on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, and using this movie as a thing to link mm-hmm. how the people up top and how the people down below yeah. talk. Back in the day, Velma Banky could turn Mister Burns on with a raise of one eyebrow. I saw yeah. you googling. <laughs> Frantically, when that name come up, who yep. is she? I'm staring at the Vilma Banky Wikipedia as we speak. She hot? Uh, what raise you, an eyebrow? Does that eyebrow do anything Ooh. for you, dude? She's <laughs> fucking hot, bro. <laughs> oh, she must be Hungarian because she's making me hungry. Oh, <laughs> I apologize for that. And it's yeah, only if, a- I, if I saw her, I'd be a sex Buddha pest. Oh. So I went to the same place, yeah. but I wasn't gonna say it because <laughs> I'm like, that's bad. I don't want to say that. Was it what funny, I- Sean? <laughs> Sorry. Ah, <laughs> uh, we found you guys bit. Um, <laughs> you gonna call I... it like three in the morning and be like a drunk Elliot? Oh, I just said this. Is it funny? <laughs> what I do enjoy about the uh, Burns and Smithers relationship, there are two particular moments. Number one is Smithers asking, "You know, what did you do on your weekend?" It's like, well, it was overly familiar, but I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the second one is just—it's just a little moment where Smithers says, "Um." TGIM, am I right? Basically, mm. and, and Burns' response is just yes. <laughs> like he clearly I, doesn't know what it means, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I also got really got to point out the Smithers moment of uh, so that maybe another no other time to tell you this. I love you, and Mister Burns is <laughs> oh hot dog. Thanks for making the last seconds of this planet socially awkward. I like the Smithers moment there. Time to kiss my ass goodbye. Yeah, you answer? <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? Would you watch this one again? Yes. 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 Yay, Everything is wa- super. Have a nice day. <laughs> and the episodes that we'd like to watch again, we'd like to think about what playlist we'd put this in. What are some other episodes that are pair well with this one? Uh, I think of uh, Burns, Simpson, and Smithers pairing. So, for example, mm-hmm. the one where they have the trillion dollar bill, or yep, the yep. one where Smithers goes on his vacation and Homer becomes yeah. the assistant for oh, yeah. Burns as well. Or Three Eyes on Every Fish. Mm. Yes. Yep. Taking things to Mexico. Because I oh, was yeah. like, I was about to take this bus to Mexico. And then later on, you've got Snake. Snake yeah. When he steals uh, the quickie mics. Like, I'm taking this to Mexico. <laughs> oh, and, and Krusty going, I'm taking you to the happiest place in the world. Tijuana! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barton Millhouse episodes as well. Yeah, yeah, where they are fighting over, is it Rainier Wolfcastle's daughter? Yeah. Oh, there's that one, and also oh, when um, Samantha Stanky, played by the girl from Twin Peaks. Sneaky Peaks. <laughs> yeah. It is. Sneaky Peaks. Like Sneaky Peaks. Jordan, we'll start with you this time. What would you like to change about this episode? Oh, God, that's mm. a tough one uh, maybe the only thing i can think of off the top of my head is usually the itchy and scratchy has like a kind of a veiled reference to the rest of the episode and it doesn't this one mm-hmm. uh, i guess it's supposed to be a my dinner with andre kind of parody it's my dinner with itchy uh maybe come back to me because I've, I, I haven't would, really got anything i would forgive that itchy and scratchy bit mostly because of the joke at the end where bart doesn't laugh and lisa's like bart you're not laughing too subtle yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good Oh, how about you, BT? What would you like to change? I would really like to go into the the backstory of the ham. 
Uh, it looks very delicious. It's been well glazed. I'm curious about a double glaze. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I've got nothing on this one. I think it's just a great episode. It's going to be one that I'm going to find hard to rank because so many notes I wrote down, oh, I know this is coming up next and it's funny, but I wasn't laughing. So is that because it's mm. too familiar or is that... Yeah, but um, look, it's it's a damn fine episode. How about you, Sean? What would you like to change? Uh, not much. Like, the only thing I can think of was initially I was saying, oh, maybe we do change just a bit of the creepiness from the Search for the Sun episode because you can still make mm. it be sleazy TV shows and not have yeah. it be kind of uncomfortable. But other mm. than that, like, everything really works. Like, I like the Marge, Bart storyline. Um, just everything is handled pretty well. I'm happy with it. Yeah, this is one where I think it's pretty apparent that it is early Simpsons, just like in terms of pacing and stuff. It's like a bit all over the place. Like I agree that it's still a fluid episode and it's told well. I don't think they dug in enough with the Barton Millhouse stuff, as I said earlier. I wish there was just a more satisfying conclusion and I wish there was just something where Bart demonstrated some change or whatever, because that's kind of what's bugging me about that story i guess is that mm-hmm. marge did all the legwork here and bart didn't have to do shit like but even then it's a bit of a nitpick and it feels very well realized for what is essentially a filler b story yeah how about you jordan anything else no i, I was just looking up i was trying to remember what the uh, equivalent was but uh, i think they need to change for more international audience uh, mm-hmm. the number two like the number grading system of pencils uh, is only used in the US, uh, and they should use the superior HB grading system. So number two is an HB, uh, but then they couldn't make the joke HB is number one very easily. So yep. Wait, yep. number two is a HB, but we also have a two B. Oh, I don't want to get into that's it. true. Yeah, I'd further not two B. You know, it goes up to NXXB. Hey. Indeed, wow. that's I, been pencil corner. Uh, sorry, I was just going to counter your point there, Elliot, and say that. Uh, Bart's need to change would come from if Millhouse was displeased with him, but he's not. It's his mum, so he has to change for someone else to let him hang out with his friend. Right. That's not the way. You don't change for people. You change for the people you care about, not for the people who just command it from on high without getting to know you first. You yeah. be you, friend. If they can't <laughs> handle it, well, they can see the door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that. like I said, there's a lot about the story that I like, and yeah, you're mentioning the walkie-talkies before. That's like a really good... Uh, set up reminder and then payoff. And music of this episode, Otto singing a little bit of uh, Frankenstein by Edgar Wintergroup. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. true. And that's all the notes I have for music. So, must be final note time. BT, do you have any other notes? Don't I always. Uh, I do like at the beginning where you know he gives him the walkie-talkie. He's like, if you want to talk to me, call me on the phone and tell me to turn yeah. my walkie-talkie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Comical, but also very realistic. Kids would do that. Also, the range on those walkie-talkies must be incredible. Krusty Hell did yeah. not skimp yeah. on the parts. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do like when, you know, Mill has done a distract Bart. He's like, oh, look at that dog. Wow, brown. <laughs> you don't see a that every day. Yeah. Uh, sorry, did you have any on that, Sean? No, I've got a whole lot of notes of just lines that I like, and I just kind of yeah. want to refrain from quoting things we've already seen. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the only other notes that I have besides those is, first of all, fuck, Otto has some problems he needs to sort out in his life. <laughs> yeah. Man, what is it? His His brother... Went he, off with his, his old lady, and now he's sleeping on their couch, dude. Yeah. And it was a month ago, yeah. And now I drive the school bus. <laughs> oh. Like, just live in the school buses, man. It's fine. Like, that's better <laughs> than the emotional damage that's going to come from what you're doing. Other things I have is I, I really just love just the quiet torment that Smithers is enduring. Like, he has to 
First of all, supreme nepotism on the part of Burns always giving it to Smithers. There's no way that mm. everyone else, maybe they are all incompetent, but still, that's a failing on the system, not on the workers. Give some good faith to your employees, put someone yeah. else on the goddamn wall. But there like is this unanimous carbon rod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that kind of quiet discontentment that Smithers has mm. all throughout the episode of having to do things for Homer and having to deal with, you know, not getting everything handed to him for a change. And that was quite lovely. Ah, that would make this episode pair well with that one where Homer takes the Demoxanel, gets the hair, and becomes Burns' new right-hand man, yeah. And also, my only other note is just, man, what good a simple couch gag can do for your episode. Just simple, tight, (laughs) easy, (laughs) be done with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a non-Kangan Kodos alien. Yeah, it was some weirdo. It looked like one of the (laughs) Space Mutants from that Space Mutants movies. Mm. Uh, Raphael. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> hey, I wish I was in a space mutant. How about you, Jordan? Any other notes? Similarly, mine are kind of just like quick because I really liked the Delino. So, so the next time somebody tells you carny folk are good, honest people, <laughs> you can spit in their faces for me. Um, Lisa's so nice and polite. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, Mr. Mr. Gumble. Gumble. I'm trying to pull him up. <laughs> yeah. And the other one of uh, Arisol being like, as I look out into the sea of smiling faces, I am filled with a sense of loathing and revulsion. <laughs> you are not workers, you are cut-chewing goats. <laughs> anyway, um, but it also makes me think, like, Homer is touted as this hero. Yeah. But wouldn't you think if he was such a hero, he would have fixed it much sooner? Like, he was given at least, at least, as far as we know, a minute and a half. To press a button. Yeah, Yeah. to press one button. Everyone being like, why the hell did you not press it, like, immediately once you got the warning sign or something? Well, then you can say as well, yeah, why didn't Mr. Burns go... Push the fucking button. Yeah, because no one else, yeah. he knows his section. Yeah. You know, if some a problem comes to your section and you're the one that handles that and other people don't know how to do it. And his section got locked down as well. Exactly. So he was like there, working hard, figuring it out, pressing multiple buttons, more than just one. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. uh-huh. Sorry, BT, did you have more notes? Indeed, I did. I do like, again, that little kind of subtle jab at things when... Uh, the plaque says uh, something to the effect of averting nuclear meltdown and proving that nuclear energy is perfectly safe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I really like it's one of those subtle things where Homer's in the bar and he's drinking and he's sad and Lisa's just sitting next to him being all proud and he goes, "Oh, he's just nervous. He has to make a big speech tomorrow." And Homer's eyes just boom, get <gasps> huge all of a sudden. He's like, "Oh my god, I forgot about the speech." <laughs> <laughs> there you go. One beer, one chocolate milk. <laughs> oh, I love that. All right, and yeah, my final notes. Um. <laughs> Oh yeah, Homer, again, the things that this episode decides to pull time on and Homer just poking his finger through all the donuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ooh, can you imagine a worker, a co-worker like that? You would fucking kill them if they did That's that. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're working at a servo as well. Is that how uh, you treat the donuts there? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, also, <laughs> it's also me on every acting set ever. Just whatever job I got, I'm poking holes in donuts. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, and got to find out what's everyone's favorite donut filling. I'm a custard boy. I'm ooh. pro custard as well. I always got a strawberry jam berliner over the mm, custard ooh. berliners, so I'm a jam oh, boy. Nice. Ah. I think I've always been a fan of you know that like the fake cream that they put in, where it's like mm. too sweet. Yeah, and, like, like, and in cream. any other context, um, it would be gross cream. Not, but not that <laughs> sweet, but like if you get like a don't like a crispy cream or something, they don't seem to be like the Twinkie cream, the one that's like too artificial, but it is mm. like slightly too like velvety to be just real cream as well yeah, it feels slightly but, fake yeah those ones with like a ch- like an eclair or something you know something oh, like yeah. that that's that's probably my fave all right donut index oh i forgot about <laughs> noise bad, bad noise, noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's my problem we're doomed <laughs> 
I love Marge's praying as well. I'll give the poor something I actually like. Yeah. Not old lima beans and pumpkin, pumpkin mix. <laughs> or the fact that she's like, I'll try to be a better Christian. I don't know exactly how I'm going to do that. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's right. Yeah. Also, Homer was wasting his time. That Rubik's Cube would be impossible to solve. I mean, yeah, it was coming off at one of the seams. Mm. It wasn't spinning right. Yeah. Well, several of the pieces were like the same color on all three exposed sides. Yeah. It was oh. infuriating me. Maybe it was one of those picture Rubik's Cubes. Mm. And it's a picture of like the nuclear power plant safety desk. <laughs> and it's oh, yeah. like this button. And oh, the line that in the Christmas pageant, they're always sheep. That is just <laughs> yeah, perfectly illustrates the type of kids they are. Mm-hmm. It's time to rank this thing. And Sean, please kick it off. Yeah, I look, I'm just going to go straight out with the gold. Like, I don't think I can give it a cubic. It's, it's And it's always one of those things where I just make sure I have to contextualize it in terms of, am I just loving it? Because it's the classic against what we've just watched. But no, I think it's a great episode, but I don't think it's essential viewing i feel like Mm. you know there are episodes that i would definitely give to people if they want to see a a better examination of the homer lisa relationship or the bart marge relationship or a better exploration of bart and millhouse etc etc and so i think it's, it's all serviceable it's all great it's all a lot of fun the jokes are flying it's snappy it's all streamlined there's no they're not laboring uh, too long on anything and I thoroughly enjoyed it so I'm going to give it a, a, a nice red hot gold mm. alright it's cyberpunk red hot gold hey. uh, how about you Jordan what would you like to rank it yeah I for similar reason I'm kind of wavering between gold and silver like I definitely don't think it's essential either I guess it's one of those nice episodes where it reminds you because a lot of the time, like I guess in early Simpsons marketing and everything, Bart was like the bad boy and he was like a, a rebel kid and everything. But this something like this reminds you that he's still kind of misunderstood and yeah. still bullied mm-hmm. and not a cool kid in his grade at all most of the time. So, yeah, I'm talking myself into a gold, I think, as well. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I like it enough to be like, yeah, this is a really nice, cute, little, sweet package. So, mm-hmm. yes. BT? Yeah, I'm going to say gold as well. Again, it's not the laugh riot, thrill ride that we get from some of the cubics, but it's a damn solid episode. Well put together. I like the A and B plots. I think they, uh, even though they don't feed into one another, I feel like they stand on different ends of a scale. You've got someone who's dealing with, you know, more, like we said, a more adult problem of feeling like a fraud and trying to hired you know both that from shame and also just kids being kids again and that's having their lives entirely ruled by their parents saying what they can and can't do so yeah i'm gonna go with the gold yeah look i was very close on like much like the last episode i'm actually right on the border but you know i set a stupid rule that i can't split ranks so i guess i'm gonna default to gold (laughs) for this one even though and it's because there's a lot of sweetness in this episode. There are a lot of amazing lines and line deliveries and uh, looks at society and not in a way that fucking really pulls a focus on it. It just is. And mm. I think that's sort of really showing what the magic of The Simpsons will become, even though it's still, you know, ironing out the kinks at this stage. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll be Unanimous Gold. This will be the fifth episode from season three to be called Unanimous Gold. It'll be joining Saturdays of Thunder, the Boxcar Derby episode. Mm -hmm. But The Lover, that was our very first episode we ever reviewed. (gasps) Nice. Wow. Separate vocations where Mm -hmm. Bart and Lisa switch being the bad boy and girl. Bart becomes a whole monitor, Lisa becomes a bad girl. And Bart's friend falls in love, which we mentioned earlier, Mm. with Samantha Stanky. So Stanky. All right, guys. Well, look, that about does it for the index this week. But yeah, Sean, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely my pleasure. What a way to toil away my one free day of the week. 
Sounds <laughs> <laughs> a little a little sarcasm there, Sean. I mean, oh, I don't know okay? what you're talking about. <laughs> no, that's the slogan of Adelaide. Adelaide, sarcasm? No. <laughs> no. No, man, it's always fun to come on and reminisce about a show that I honestly, like I haven't, other than watching it with you, like a lot of these classic episodes, I haven't seen in about... <laughs> 15 years, if mm, not longer, yeah. and, and a lot of these new episodes I just haven't seen at all. Um, well, absolutely, so- and you've got the Disney Plus login, and yeah, watch as many of them as you like. Yes. And uh, if uh, you'd like a guide on watching the newer episodes, but only want to watch the good ones, maybe you can go to the ZipandZegnex.com. Oh, I, I see. Said every word wrong. This you podcast is also plugger. a spreadsheet. but also if people want to hear more of you where can they do that absolutely so we have two podcasts shut up and take my podcast and roll to cast r-o-l-e or you can look up baby beard media which is my uh group the four of us that uh, run these podcasts we also have a a youtube presence uh, where we're gearing up to release a lot of our let's plays that we've started uh, delving into otherwise we're on all the socials under baby beard media that's facebook twitter instagram and uh, all good podcatchers is where you'll find us. Spreaker, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, all, all the good stuff you can find us, and we're happy to have you. And, uh, well, yeah, I think as well, yeah, the Baby Beard Media, uh, you guys have been very, very kind to us lately as well, mm-hmm. you know. During Corona, yeah, yeah, all of you really helped us keep the, keep the, the podcast alive. going and keep us releasing episodes when, yeah, we were having a hard time to book guests. So, yeah, I really appreciate everything you guys have done. And, yeah, you guys are all wonderful, beautiful, awesome people. Oh, thank you very much, sir. You, you By giving us compliments, you've made us out to be pieces of shit because we don't do the same to you guys. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, ab- absolutely, man. Like, it's we, we enjoy doing it. We've got a lot of time for you and we, we always do. So, you know, whenever you want us on, we're always happy to come back on well yeah and um we rarely ever like hype up a future podcast because mm. generally i never know what episodes we're going to be doing but <laughs> um yeah i may as well announce here that uh, we've already been in talks and for one of our final 50 you know we're in the last year of the podcast and we've invited the baby beard media team to do a big podcast where the classic episode we'll review is you only move twice <gasps> which oh, may or may not be sean's favorite episode of all time and yeah, you guys have also been helping us out with our upcoming project, Pulp Fury Radio. BT, why don't you tell the folks more about that? So this is a fiction podcast based entirely around kind of pulp genre stories that were written by me and written and directed by Elliot and myself. If you're looking for something a bit different and just a bit of an escapism through some stories of mystery, science fiction, a bit of horror, a little bit of everything, uh, that'll be coming out soonish. It's taking so long in post-production and it's driving me crazy, but uh, we're so close to being done. So PulpFuryRadio.com and PulpFuryRadio on all the socials. And yeah, Sean, you joined us for the first play that we're going to release. It came from the bottom of the ocean, but also from space. It's just really cool old school audio drama radio play and, and it's, mm-hmm. it's just a... Uh, it's got a, a little bit of heart, a little bit of zaniness, a little bit of uh, nerdiness. It's something for everyone. Classic Australian accents, what more do you want? <laughs> and we get to kill you twice in that one. Oh. Give it away, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a whole recording of Sean's death sounds. <laughs> <laughs> but Sinazu, you did the hype for our upcoming podcast. Let's see if I can do the hype for our other currently running podcast, Thrones of Game. Uh, it's the Game of Thrones podcast that dares to watch the series backwards. Until we started doing this podcast, I had never seen an episode, but host BT had seen the show, and he's taking me on a journey of one of the uh, most critically loved shows ever in probably the worst way possible. So that's Thrones of... best. 
<laughs> well, all right, well, you know, as long as we're, we're just plugging things, uh, look, 2020 is a difficult year. We all know that. If you're looking for something reliable and something uplifty, uplifting, remember that this is now, we're in the first day of Fry July. This is the month oh, where yeah. we celebrate Philip J. Fry and all things Futurama. So hashtag Fry July. You will find my posts for the last five years being the only person on the planet <laughs> that celebrates this, but I will plug it forever. Fry July. Check it out and have a good time. <laughs> Well, I guess that about does it for the Simpsons Index. Once again, Sean, thank you very much for joining us. You're very welcome, sir. Thank you, Jordan. Always a pleasure, Elliot. BT, thank you. Ahoy. And I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. Thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at facebook.com slash thesimpsonsindex or at simpsonsindex on Twitter and Instagram. And now please stay tuned for the bonus scenes. Where does the mustard go, by the way? Tis the mystery of the house. On the hot dog of time. In my tummy and some of it's on my shirt. Where I never look. It's on the baby's beard. (laughs) Baby beard. Have you explained to the baby bearders where mustard comes from? (laughs) From a mustard bottle. Yeah, I was about to say, it's from a plant originally, a mustard seed. The saying. Sorry, Sean, you that uh, your fucking hell. <laughs> Why are your names too similar? Sh- shorter no, and just, I was I was gonna Jean. be a, a dickhead and be like when you said, Oh, we've got two podcasts, you'd be like, well, this is the first time hearing about that. Uh, but I've just oh, stopped uh, funny. Yeah. So <laughs> 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 Gotta get a recording of that. <laughs> Realize what it is. Yeah, cool. Guys, there we go. Guys, yeah, instead Bent- of ref- Phantom right. Planet, who did mm-hmm. the song California, used to have Jason Schwartzman on the drums. You're what? kidding. What? For like, for like nine years. <laughs> for that song? Oh, that's crazy. Uh, 1994 to 2003. So when oh, did so that song come out? Oh my God. That would have been about yeah. that era. Yeah. Holy well, shit. No way, what? really? Yeah. Oh God. That's did amazing. anyone watch that Bill Murray Christmas where Jason Schwartzman could not sing for shit? No. <laughs> He was singing like this Todd Rundgren song and it's a beautiful song and he's like, I think he's opposite Rashida Jones and she's just like fucking running circles mm-hmm. and he's all like, uh, I don't know how to sing above the tongue. Oh, what a dick. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Get some Sean in the moan. Mm. Oh, that's a great breakfast drive. Like, you know, Sean in the morn. Yeah. Yeah. You should be on the radio. With Sean in the morn with Benjamin. <laughs> Hello, my name rhymes with nothing. They're gonna be wacky beach. Hello. Oh, afternoon beach. It's like afternoon tea, but with beach. Yeah. <laughs> Beaches and cream. <laughs> oh. Or baked beach. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say, just... given that parts of the world beach means blowjob, I'm gonna stay right away from oh, beaches and cream. Yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what you should do. You will swallow it and like it, BJ. <laughs> yes, sir. Man, that's the catchphrase of your radio show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this.